You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 96, Einstein's sister's biggest fan, an interview with Eric Larson. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show. Think about getting into some AMSR. <laughs> My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. <laughs> and uh, we are here with a very special episode. We are going to be uh, talking to the one and only Eric Larson uh, about uh, the last, well, several issues, but primarily uh, what, it, what it all took to get issue 250 off the ground and, of course, uh, all the craziness that we see in uh, the follow-up issue 251 which is was in my opinion almost a better issue because of how <laughs> insane it was okay well, right out the door with the hot takes all right <laughs> i actually like 249 i want to start with that can we start with 249 pick eric's brain on 249 take it away man yeah i mean it's mm. chronologically makes sense where did that come from, Eric? It seems like you're you're jumping back to the '90s, which is freaking incredibly awesome. I I loved the traditional panels that you know we've seen since almost I feel like you know issue what 101 or or no actually probably like in the '70s right with the the Savage World, and now it feels like we saw 249, which I think a lot had to do with uh, some of the self swipes you were taking, but it it my you know it it entered into 250 and I believe 251. With a lot of these kind of ninety-ish panels, which I didn't realize I missed so much. Like they're <laughs> so fun. Yeah. What? Yeah. This is uh, Robert Kirkman saying, "How come you don't do that stuff anymore?" And it's like, <laughs> "Try that out. See how that goes. See how I like it." It's been a while since I uh, did that. Also, it's something I didn't really do with uh, with Dragon proper. Because it always seemed a little bouncy for uh, Savage Dragon for me. It, mm-hmm. And uh, so while it was something that seemed appropriate for Spider-Man, Savage Dragon was, at least initially, kind of a straighter book, more more Frank Miller Daredevil than, than uh, Spider-Man, I think. That makes sense. So, so it's just kind of the approach. And um, and then and then it just seems like well Malcolm's not as it se- it seems like it works all right with Malcolm because he's younger and kind of goofier and more fun so it's like all right let me just do that try this out I did it for did it for two forty nine and it's like all right I guess I guess this will work. Well, why did you uh, end up picking the pages that you did? 
just just composition they just worked uh yeah kind of kind of wanted to i think part of it was just kind of getting in that mode was just you know some sometimes it's it's good to just get those muscle memory things going by by kind of emulating something that that you've seen before done before or or whatever and just like you know, if you're sitting there trying to draw like Jack Kirby, it's like, all right, let me ink a Jack Kirby drawing before I do this. And then it's like, all right, all right, I'm feeling it. Let me go. <laughs> um, well, I, I definitely remember seeing uh, more panels like that in 151. So uh, if that's what it took to get the like the get the cobwebs out, I think it worked out great. Yeah. And for the listeners, I mean, we're talking 249 where you kind of self-swiped a lot of your adjective list Spider-Man issues. I think the the Beast one in particular. Yeah, the Beast uh, one. I I swiped five pages out of that issue, and then uh, there was a couple more from Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Then I uh, and then I swiped some things from from Savage Dragon stuff too, just because it was like, oh wow, I'm at it. <laughs> One of my one of my favorite pages is the dart kick to uh, the Kingpin character, which I totally remembered seeing that before because it's such an awesome pose. And I, one thing I enjoy is I feel like you always come up with fresh new poses. And I remember that original one, and it just blew my mind. It was like such a cool shot, and uh, I'm I'm just pretty stoked that you reused that one. I just I love I love how it's framed up. Yeah, yeah I like that myself. <laughs> So one part of that issue I really enjoyed was the flashback to the Dimension X stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So you did that just to kind of reestablish uh, Mark and um, what's his name? Yeah, just because I, I I I didn't even really realize it when I w- had set things up previously, but then I was like, oh yeah, this is the same group that was in Dimension X together. Maybe I should mention that. Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't realize yeah. that when you got them together. Yeah, when I got them together, I, what that wasn't initially what I was thinking. Oh, wow. it's like, oh, because <laughs> that was the thing I've been waiting for. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. 20 so years. Like, oh, I should, I should totally do that. Yeah, we were stoked. We thought it was like a master. I was like, oh, the gang's all here. There they are. <laughs> I mean, because as readers, we forget that this crew has been together for a pretty long time. You know, surviving Dimension X. So there's a lot yeah. of stories that we never read or heard about, but. They've gone through a lot together, so it makes sense. Yeah, and and that material is is always there, especially if I want to shoehorn in some. Hey, remember when we met this dude? Now this dude just crawled out of Dimension X, and <laughs> you know, so there's there's stuff that can be done and can be played with there. I fucking love that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so. I remember, you know, reading this and reading solicitations, and we all thought for sure that 250 was going to be the big showdown with Vicious Circle, and it seemed probably that's the way you were heading before COVID uh, hit. I mean, (laughs) was that a last-minute change, and did you have 250 kind of all in your head before? Uh, I mean, really, it was going to be just the 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 fight scene in in that was in. 249 it was going to be extended out into 250 and then I would have had the 
Freak Force guys show up and maybe some SOS guys. And it would just been a big clusterfuck with a bunch of characters. And then kind of a couple things occurred. But one was it was clear that um, 250, that sales were going to get a decent-sized bump. Well, I also did. And, then, and, and the concern there was that there was going to be a bunch of people who are going to be reading it for the first time or, or for the first time in a while. And that if I'm just starting in the middle of a, a long yeah. story, then it could just be like, I'm, I'm completely confused. I don't know what's going on here at all. And, and you lost me. So uh, I, I, it was still going to have the same last page regardless. Wow. Because uh, that was just where I was going and what I, what I wanted to get to. But um, just having it be uh, a, a who's who of characters that have appeared in the book all showing up to, ha- to just be in a big old fight, just it didn't, it didn't seem like it was going to work. Um, also that just didn't, wasn't enough of a motivational thing for that whole thing. So I just, it it felt a little empty to me. So I just decided let's just wrap this up and get on to some other stuff. Cool. Um, I do have to say, so, so we, you, I mentioned it or, um, sorry. So 250 (laughs) sold out. As I, I heard. Yeah. That's cool. That's fucking awesome. For a $10 yeah, well, it's, book. <laughs> it's cool, yeah. When's, when's the last issue that kind of sold out at that level went into a second printing? I mean, it's... Um, probably the Barack Obama issues. Yeah, well, that was insane. Yeah. The number of... Because yeah, both of those, the both the one where he said, uh, re-endorsed him and the one... Uh, where when he had actually been president, both of those sold out. Um, the endorsed one had four printings. Whoa! Wow! Wow! <laughs> so yeah, that was that was decent. Um, and this this won't have that, I don't think, unless unless it goes crazy. And, it, and even so, it's like this is an expensive book to go to back to press on, right? Because it's square bound. Um, yeah. And yeah. It just adds an extra level. Well, I, I think just it's hard to compare to a, a regular priced book versus a $10 book and selling out a, a $10 book is pretty insane too. Um, yeah. yeah. But the, uh, the second printing is going to have the uh, 100 big pages like old school like logo stuff on the uh, main cover. That's the difference, right? Yeah. That's, the old trade dress. Yeah, that's it. I mean, color. I don't want. I didn't want to do like, hey, here's yet another crazy different cover that, and you guys need to buy that. I don't know. It's it's always it's always a wrestling match as to what what should I do? What's what's appropriate? What's inappropriate? What I don't like the idea that of people feeling like they have to buy yet another version of it. Right. I gotta say, I am surprised by the reaction to a lot of the variant covers on this issue just because everyone seems to want all of them which is something I yeah. I never was into variant covers oh. like that 
It just so many people just seem they want all of them, even the yeah, hardest man. one to find. Gotta have all of them. Well, I know with myself, I've never it, on a book that's had like multiple covers. I don't think I've ever gone and and bought all of them. I may have been like, well, I like this one and this one, yeah. so I want to have those. But like Detective One Thousand and Marvel Comics One Thousand and Action One Thousand, all of those is like, if I want the book at all, I'll just get the cover that's either the the uh, either the only one my store carries or uh, or you know what whatever the case may be. I was going to a store for for a while there in San Francisco that just didn't play the alternate covers game at all right and they were just like we just get one cover and that's that's it so we we just pick the one we we want and that's it that's the one that's (laughs) in our store and period you know because it's just they're they're, they don't sell any any comics in their store for more than cover price um they don't have back issues to speak of other than you know, trade paperbacks and and uh, stuff like that, but they just they just weren't playing the whole collector's game. So it's what, like, what is this integrity game? I'm hearing? That's so weird. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's it's pretty different. For, it seems yeah. like they're trying to avoid the headache because it sounds like it can be a headache. Yeah, it can be a headache, and especially if you start going with oh, if you got ten of these, then you can order one of these, and then if you get twenty, then you it's like. Good God! Because yeah. there's stores that are just trying to get to those points so they can get that one book, so they can sell it for an inflated price and cover the how much they invested in. in some, come on! I think that that's crazy, but I do think you know if you have a customer that wants it, I see no problem like ordering that for the customer's needs. But when you're just ordering it to throw on the the, the shelf and to get yeah. that special variant. Well, you know, if the customer wants to order 10 to get the special variant, let the customer do it. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's only if it's easy, though, just if there's just an order code. But like Eric right. said, someone we got to buy 10 copies to get one. And it's a yeah. chase variant. Yeah. It's just a massive pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say I feel like with Savage Dragon, it, it's it's a little bit of a different kind of thing where, where at least I feel like with the people ordering all the covers is, hey, I feel like, Eric, you don't ever really soak us on variants and stuff and yeah. when you do it it's, it's you know for most of yours it's like one or two variants um and i feel like 250 was such a celebration that we're pretty i know most of you i talked to are pretty stoked just to see different artists take on on the character yeah. on the cover and it's cool. fun occasionally i'll do some where i where i just do a a variant that's for a convention too i've done that a right. couple times along the way where it's like yeah oh. Let me just crank out a crazy one for this one. So what what was the what was the story behind the Otley cover, which came which was solicited a little bit later than the other covers? Um, that was a convention sketch, right? That, that was a convention sketch. Yeah, I had done that as a, at a convention. I penciled it, and then he inked it, and then somebody owns it and was like. Hey, if you ever want to run this as a pinup, do this. And when they, uh, when the, is it Atomic Comics did that green cover? Mm-hmm. They they had yeah. contacted me about 
doing a couple different covers for them. And they're like, well, we want to do a green one. And then we also want to get our guy to do a cover. And they just had some, some random guy. So I, I, know, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you his name. He was just some guy who does painterly kind of covers. And I was like, I don't, I don't know this dude. Why am I having him do a cover for, yeah, for this issue? And then, and then I thought, I've got this thing that I did with Otley. Why don't I, why don't I mock that up? And maybe you could do that cover. And so I just sent them that, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll just do the green cover." And it's like, <laughs> "All right, well." I've got this thing all mocked up now as a cover. Let me just add that to the heap. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I, I just wanted to see it as a as a cover once I'd had it uh, put together. Yeah, it's it's a fun cover. I, I love the striking like red background and, and of course the foreshortening, which oh. I think I think Otley always jumps at a chance to, to ink or work on some of your foreshortening pieces. I know he's done it before with Invincible, which was a, a cool cover. It was a cover, right? The Invincible yeah, one, yeah. isn't that a variant? That also was tr- drawn at a convention. <laughs> Although he didn't ink it at the convention, but I did. Uh, Kirkman had, had me do it as a as a commission piece, and then I didn't know he was going to have it inked and turned into a cover, but it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you, you bring up a good point though about like you know someone that you don't know drawing a cover i feel like uh and maybe you can speak a little to this like almost the recent events with jay lee kind of drawing a cover for one of the comic skates uh books and he didn't really know it seems like he didn't know he was doing it for that and the backlash that he got that seemed pretty unfair so you almost have to vet everything you do and make sure you know who you're dealing with i mean because people contact me all the time going i'm doing my an alternate press book do you want to do a cover for it um and if i you know i if i had an inkling to do such a thing and i just jumped at it and said sure i'll do a cover i like doing covers (laughs) i would i think oh wait a minute this guy might be evil (laughs) yeah it's true Maybe I shouldn't do that. It can be career suicide these days. Yeah, I guess. So, oh well. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely feel like with something with like a Kickstarter or something, like a CSUN interesting, I'm like, oh, maybe I need to look into this a little more now before I can just hand over my money. Yeah. Just it, it's a weird time. It is a weird time. So, so I want to ask about um, the Deadly Duo trilogy uh, in 250. <laughs> I'm kind of curious how that came about because I really loved how you kept reiterating on the same concept with just different yeah. characters. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, that one was one where a lot of times when I'm having guys do backups, they don't always do them. Uh, I've had I've had a few people who just kind of said, "Hey, I want to do something," and then they never got their act together and actually do it. So that was a case where uh, I would. It were, there were mostly guys that I hadn't worked with much before, 
So I was a little like, well, am, am I going to send this out and then have it not get done? So I had written the first one, and then the, somebody else had, had contacted me, and I was like, well, I've had this guy crap out before, so I'm not going to, I can't count on him, but if he does it, it'd be kind of too, it could be kind of funny if there was two of these. And then somebody <laughs> else had contacted me, and it was like, it would be hilarious as if there was three of these. <laughs> at that point, it was like, and then they all came through, and it was like, oh, this is awesome, because then it becomes this cool running gag. And because they're all rescripted, there's it's not like it's the same stuff being said over and over and over again, except for Kill Cat's opening line, which is the same in every one. <laughs> so you gave which every... Also, yeah, it, which it, it is also Wolverine's first line that he ever says. That's where that's from. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great! That's I didn't even cool. catch that. Do you do? Do you just give him layouts, or do you just give him like a script? I give him a plot. Okay. So it's so- it's fair. It's fairly open, but it'll be you know page one. This happens, and some generally rough dialogue or rough ideas where things are and that's, what, that's what makes it so cool is you get to see three different artists interpretation of roughly the same story yeah in completely so different their, ways their approaches can be very very different and and in this case they they really were which was yeah i, I thought it was a, a, a neat kind of thing to just go oh look at this these guys all approach it really really differently I uh, I enjoyed all of the art styles, and I'm just wondering where do you find these guys? Are these guys fans that contact you, or like, or you've worked with them, or they've given you samples? Like, how do you how do you find these guys? Uh, they contact me all the, pretty much all the time. Yeah, you know, people will sh- show me stuff, and and when it's somebody is showing me some new stuff, I'll say, hey. You know, would you consider doing something in here? And uh, you know, when when their game it, it works out, and and when they're not, um, not so much. But I've written a bunch of of plots for people who have just vanished too. So occasionally, you know, if enough time has passed by, I'll I'll uh, send it on to somebody else. And, It'll get drawn by a different person later on down the road. That happened with that uh, Daredevil Super Patriot story that had um, uh, the the, thing. Yeah, the time traveler thing. That that story would have been much more timely had the original artist who who I wrote it for delivered. Oh no, Uh, kidding! Yeah, so. Oh well. <laughs> I thought it was cool that the Deadly Duo got so much screen time, especially in an anniversary issue. Because one of the things I don't think you get enough credit for is how funny Savage Dragon is. Yeah. yeah. And like this shit was a fucking riot the whole time. And yeah, that was fun. I told Craig and Jim, I think you wrote the only good pronoun joke I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like usually those are just shitty. But like that uh, double page yeah. pronoun joke, oh, <laughs> beautiful, so funny. 
I, th- I think Deadly Duo 2 works perfectly in like, you know, five page spurts, you know, where it's like, it's just enough pages, you know, it's, it's funny as hell, you know, there's the punchline and everything. And, uh, it's, it's just a perfect format to tell their stories. Yeah, they're good. they are good for that. They're good, and that that and uh, Carl Cosmic is also. Yeah. One it's like if this guy had a, had his own book, I think you just it would it would wear itself out. But somebody being an idiot and then going away, it's like okay, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Another cool thing you did was I remember back a few months ago. You were talking about coloring the first uh, Paul Dragon story. Mm-hmm. And I imagine now you did that because you wanted this story in this book because you were bringing Paul Dragon back. Yeah. So it was like an introduction thing. That was very sly. I want to congratulate <laughs> you on that. Yeah, we never saw it coming. I was just like, God damn it. There it was. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of neat. And it's kind of kind of fun to play play around with that. And he was—he wasn't called Paul Dragon in Graphic Fantasy One. He was never referred to that. He was just the Dragon in that one. Hmm. And for some reason, in the second one, when he had a girlfriend, it seemed like she should be calling him some regular person name. And so, uh, in my in my mind, it was like she named him Paul or somebody knew, you know. But it was that rather than. Him going, I think I need a first name, damn it. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it, if we get to it. Yeah, I, I was. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if I'm not asking. I'm more just wondering if you're going to get more into like Paul's backstory now that he's in the book, because um, I'm really interested in stuff about Paul and his history yeah, that we never yeah, saw. There will be stuff there. I'm I'm really debating with myself as. Uh, how close to stick with what I did when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, part of the problem is that uh, all that stuff was really, really early on, and I was really, really young. And so those, I mean, Dragon, Paul Dragon should really be like 70 years old. Right. <laughs> or, or, or older, really, because he was a... He was an adult back then, you yeah, know. Like eighty four, what was eighty two or eighty four? Uh, well, graphic fantasy was eighty two. Okay, but prior to that, um, I mean, in that graphic fantasy story, he was already far along in his career. He had already been part of the SOS, and he had already uh, uh, resigned from that. So he had a, a, a fairly decent career prior to Gravic Fantasy 1. And if I really went back into, you know, kid shit, then it becomes like, all right, I guess he starts in 72. But then it's like, well, how old is he in 1972? And if you go, okay, well, you know, let's let's say he's 20 in 72, then it still makes him well, I, I keep thinking about that panel with Star on the with us Star on the phone, and you see Paul uh, in the photograph as, as in the William. flash in a yeah William on the phone, and he's got a fl- the f- Paul on the wall in the Flash Mercury costume. Yeah, which is which I mean, it's if you there's so many knockouts in that story, it's sort of an odd thing for that 
particular framed picture to be in full color. Right. Yeah. But it, but it was really like I want to establish that he had partners costume at one point and that these guys were partners. You know, it, but it, but then it becomes like so is is he running around looking to find Star and Star is his old partner, but Star is a Caucasian in this flashback story. So is there a another guy conveniently, you know, is, is who the hell is this guy? And what's this, what's this all about? And how much, how are, do these relationships change and stuff like that? Um, I've also got the, the megaton issues, which, um, I mean, Reagan's the president in the Megaton stories. So that puts a definite <laughs> time stamp on when these, when those happen. You know, so it's like, uh, where, where do I put these? How do I put these? How does it, how does it work? Does it work in, in any way? How much do I try to make this shit work? Um, I, I think it's very cool. And I think it's very clever. <laughs> So whatever you choose, I think it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go exactly with, uh, with, with that sort of. I think I'll probably go that he came to Earth around the same time that our dragon came to Earth, and keep him roughly the same age, so we don't have one dragon who's so, ten years old and another and stuff like that. In your childhood comics, was he an alien that merged with William Johnson? Is that how it worked? Because I mean, uh, at one point he looked human, right? So in the in the original comics, um, William, yeah, William turned into this other guy, and then uh, Fonte ripped him into two different people. But I never did his. I never did the alien origin story. Oh, so Star in this isn't William. William is the guy in the Flash Mercury costume. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh. He has yeah. William's hair. Yeah, Star is. Um, see, when when we started over at Image, when I started at Image Comics, that's when I decided, oh, Chris, uh, Chris Robinson, that could be a black guy. Yeah. In the original comics, he was a white guy, but he was still named Chris Robinson. Oh, okay. But having it be that that there there is another guy named Chris Robinson is like, well, that seems kind of fucking weird at this point, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I'm I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure how I'm gonna deal with this. It's amazing to me you have all this backstory dragon stuff that maybe only that only you and maybe a handful of your friends have probably ever seen, and it's yeah. all in your head now. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's it's all there, and none of it's. I mean, and and I don't have any of those comics anymore because my house burned down, so I don't have access to any of that. The only <laughs> the only thing that's that's real is I've got these two graphic fantasy stories, both of which have now been colored and reprinted. Um, the first one has a coloring mistake in it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I 
can't get and for the, the for the general public those issues came out and it seemed like there was already 10 years of history <laughs> when you read those it's like man this sounds like this thing's been going on for quite a while because it actually has it just wasn't available to the public yeah 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 it wasn't available to the public and then I, and then i worked those stories into continuity those are issues whatever is 63 yeah, yeah. 65 right. so yeah i did i did go back and compare them it's pretty cool how they're how similar they are like yeah down to layouts and yeah pretty pretty close i mean there was some cases where i had to swap in uh barbaric for uh mako and stuff like that but yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's like, okay, do what we can here. Paul was definitely... I, oh, sorry, Craig, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, Paul was definitely the way more interesting choice for the Return of Dragon, just because I think Paul has all those questions, all those, like, you, like the minute I saw Paul, my fucking mind was racing a million miles a minute. I'd like to like what happens if he gets like a blood transfusion like is he got any kind of chosen one aspects like your mind's a blank slate if it was just dragon at the end of 250 I honestly wouldn't have been anywhere near as hyped well I think too is you go if it's dragon then you go oh that fucker yeah you know bringing it bringing a character back from the dead here we go again yeah it's just you know it's such a a cheat that everybody does and it's and there's there's also places i can go with it that that conceivably could be pretty interesting and i'll I'll try some of those out and see how that works (laughs) it's pretty awesome too just the fact that he looks visually different with the small fin so even if he looked the same you said oh this is paul dragon you know but just giving him the small fin you know, yes, it's dragon, but you can tell. You know, you know, it's it's a different character, and it looks yeah. different, uh, and it, it doesn't feel like a cop out or anything like like you said, like bringing someone back. Um, it doesn't it doesn't change dragon's fate. I guess is what makes it kind of cool. Yeah, that's yeah, what's great. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then there's places I can go with it, and also it can give the kids a grandpa, which I kind of. Yeah kind of liked that, that they would have some a, a grandpa figure um, whether or not he's around forever I don't, I, I don't, I don't know but you know we'll, we'll I, cross that road when we come to it I remember you saying that you know years ago that you were thinking like oh he could be that mentor role and so it almost yeah, I was gonna say like he get to do this. that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you, you tricked us with that mentor dragon talk. We we knew. <laughs> so we got our guards up now. <laughs> uh, there's always so many different possibilities. So, who are who are the first people that you shared that page with, and what were their reactions on that? Uh, just I mean, Gavin always sees that stuff, but but. I mean, I talk with him about various thinking of going this way, thinking of going that way. Um, Eric Stevenson was trying to talk me into just bringing back regular dragon. Boo, that man. Boo, that man, indeed. (laughs) Boo, Eric Stevenson. (laughs) Coward Eric Stevenson. 
So, uh, uh, a couple other even, people. <laughs> even when you brought when you showed him Paul, he said he was he was saying, nah, I think you should bring back the uh, you know the regular yeah. image dragon." Uh, I feel like you get the best of both worlds with this. Yeah, me too. I feel like it is best of both worlds because you get those dragon feels off of Paul, but Paul's a he's whole got new the world. Memories. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's got access to it, but it, but it's also it's not. It's just like a vi- remembering a vivid dream. Like I kind of remember this stuff, but it's not yeah. primary memory. But it also works for the villains, like, you know, skipping to 251, where Mind Warp shows up, and he, he knows who Mind Warp is, and Mind Warp's, like, you know, out to get him. I mean, they, they still have a lot of hatred for Dragon, so it, it's still fun, you know, that you can do that. Yeah. At the same time, I think it opens up the door for you to do crazy shit like Bronze Man or something, like, that we would never even see. Whereas if this was just regular ass dragon coming back, you couldn't have those options. So I think it's way better. Yeah, there's some interesting things. I'm curious where I'm going to go with it because I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, there's other guys that that could have followed him into Dimension X. Absolutely, yeah, or, or, or people who got memories from Paul's universe. Yeah, and have them kicking around in their head. And, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a bit of that. There's some characters that haven't haven't yet appeared that he's going to go on something of a quest to just see who's still there and who he remembers and and that that's a good that's a good segue to get into two fifty one because right off the bat we see Paul trying to uh, uh, connect with Malcolm and then asking where Mark and peter and angel are so he's he is definitely out there trying to make those connections yeah and mark and peter were his actual sons in the old comics actually angel was his biological daughter in my old comics and so she'll probably have those memories right um or at least a a little inkling of them right yeah not the same person i don't know that she would because she's kind of a different person she is because she's not his biological daughter. She's gonna be different. Although, this is just me spitballing here. They are echoes of each other. I mean, they fill a similar role, so maybe that's yeah, enough yeah. to have a connection. Very much, very much so. Um, but I would think if he is, I would think that if he was looking at her face, he wouldn't go, "You're you're that person." Right. Right. No, because he's not. I mean, everybody has a similar kind of look in comics anyway, and filtered through my art style, they're going to look physically somewhat like each other. But, you know, if you were casting them in a movie, they'd be played by different actresses. It's like if you made out with your dead wife's twin sister, you'd know it was wrong. <laughs> okay. You'd know it was wrong. You'd know. When you, uh, when you wrote that first bit of dialogue on that first page man the, you got the thing wrong <laughs> it's amazing perfect 251 issues later finally made it into the <laughs> uh, he calls it a little turd on his head yeah which is it's it's always been this pain in the ass thing to draw too to, to, and trying to 
communicate to like, no, no, you see it's it's cylindrical, but then it gets flat right towards the front. And it's like, ah. Yeah, it's like a ridge. It, it, it is yeah. weird because if you see it straight on, it looks like a ridge. But when you look at it like side on, it kind of looks like it's flipped over. Uh, but uh, yeah. I, I understand that it's a ridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it worked out better. But... I bet people fuck that fin up like crazy. More than uh, the, more, the way more. <laughs> yeah, way more. Yeah, they. I mean, they both are, get screwed up all the time. So ninety degrees, ninety degrees to the forehead. Come on, what guys? Not even close. It's <laughs> like I. I think he's. It's such a simple design of. Of you know, it's just a bald dude with a fin on his head that people just kind of assume. Oh, I got this. I don't even need to open up a comic, <laughs> and so they don't. And then it's like, uh, yeah, actually, not that close. Or uh, <laughs> or they think it's just because it's like they embellish it because it's his most distinctive feature. Yeah. So they're kind of putting themselves into the fin. I think that's mostly why we see different fins. This is this is my version, yeah. Yeah. Look like, how no, big it is. Look how tall my dragon is. It's like yeah. Batman's ears. Bray Fogelum straight off the panel. Yeah. And I can yeah. tell you the number of people I've heard say like dumb shit like, Well, I mean, you know, I put some scales on him and I'm like, dude, he's not a dragon. Like, goddamn, that's he's not a literal dragon. Like that's a nickname. <laughs> he dude. doesn't breathe fire, he doesn't hoard gold. Yeah. You know that if they there ever is a dragon movie that the studio is going to, he's going to end up with scales on him. You know it, that the yes. studio is just going to be, I'm not going to get that much approval that I'm going to be able to, oh, no. you know, control that at the other end and just be like, God damn it. That's why I <laughs> want this fucking movie. I mean, his, fin, his fin's more like, well, I guess dragons have fins, but this, it's always struck me as like more aquatic than dragon. We're going to give him a yeah. fork. Fork tongue and make him breathe fire. <laughs> exactly, fork tongue was, <laughs> and like the vertical iris or pupils. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy eyes. Yeah. And overlord, and this, he'll be like a knight with a sword. It'd be great. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's so cool. This You're dragon's gonna, gonna save the princess. <laughs> 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 did you did you see I saw I don't say quite a few but a handful of people with 250 that actually thought that the graphic fantasy uh uh backup was a new backup and you were actually just drawing in a retro style. Oh, did I you, never I didn't see that. I saw I saw maybe two maybe three people on Twitter that were like, "Well, that was interesting. You know, I liked what you did there." And I think part of it is that there's no um there's nothing saying it's a reprint or what year it's from or anything like that. So if you're new to the book, you're thinking yeah. that yeah, I could see how some people just thought you were just going for like a retro. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. It's, it's pretty cool <laughs> when you think about it. I fooled you. <laughs> when we were doing the FinCast, I was telling Craig and Jim I'm surprised how well, like as old as that shit is, it's crazy how well it still holds up. Like, how do you personally feel? Like, I can't stand looking at my old art. Like, how do you feel looking at that stuff? Oh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> you, you, yeah, did the, you did I mean, the colors yourself, right? so many lines of dialogue in here that I'm just like, oh, God. Do I really just have to? 
grin and bear it for this. Um, you, you I did do some. Uh, Sorry. There's some spelling corrections that were made, so it's not exactly graphic fantasy. And wow. And and when I'm s- scanning in these shitty black and white comics, I had to, you know, it's like I got to fix some of the. Uh, the lines were breaking up and stuff like that. So was, there's a lot of Photoshop. Oh, so you don't have that's right. That, that makes sense. You, you wouldn't have regardless. Any, oh, I don't know so, no they can't hear me. but yeah, that's the best it's ever looked. <laughs> right. So you don't have that's right. You lost all the original art to this. So you only yeah, have this original art's long, long, long gone. If I had to scan that in, that but uh, you you colored this yourself, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I colored um, this Carl Cosmic too. That's uh, then you did Walt Simonson cover yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walt cover and the cover I did with with uh, Ryan also. Nice. So there's a couple little things here and there, and then I'm I slapped the logos and all the things and stuff like that. Andy I, Andy Kuhn is just so great to see. Yeah, I love comics. He's so good. It's just, it's just fun times. I really like his stuff a lot. It's, it's nice. I mean, it's like he got a bunch of, a fair amount of newcomers, guys who've never done anything. In Savage Dragon got to do some stuff, which is cool for them um, to be part of this anniversary issue. Is, is kind of like, oh, they're, they're all super stoked about being part of that. And then it was nice to have some some old favorites, Frank Bosco and, and uh, you know, Joe and, Keith. Andy Ryan. Kuhn, with, he did Freak Force, so. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Frank yeah. absolutely killed his. I mean, yeah. that, that backup was a goddamn masterpiece. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles, so good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fun times. Serendipitous timing with him and Gary wrapping up their uh, TMNT yeah. run. Yeah. And then uh, Rich Woodall doing his stories. Like, that was cool. Yeah. Who decided to do a Thor story there? Was that, was that, you pitched it at him or something that he wanted to do? With most guys, uh, I ask them what they want to draw. And so, you know, it's like, what, what characters are interesting? That, that sort of thing. And, and he had mentioned the gods and it's like all right i got something for you <laughs> so yeah and, and he he really did a great job of that i i'm I, I don't think i've seen a better rich woodall story as, as badly as uh, hercules gets messed up at the end i kind of hope we see more of them soon just to kind of see where they're at after this yeah well we'll, we'll touch on them yeah i i definitely in, really enjoyed that that backup and and we had mentioned it on the last fincast the thing i loved about this backup is it's such a variety so you have like the flash mercury which is just kind of the silly gags that really don't seem like they're you know they're just there as as comics you know non, just as non sequitur yeah <laughs> you get the deadly duo who's you know it's you know it's the deadly duo let's let's just yeah, say yeah, yeah. carl cosmic even, even in the context of those we get to touch in on other patriot and we get to touch in on daredevil and we get to yeah, touch yeah yeah you know 
I mean, we the, get to the, see the Bay Guardian in like yeah. way more detail than we have before. That's cool. Yeah. And, and then you get a strip like Thor that kind of sets up something for future issues, which isn't maybe not just self-contained, you know, it's, it's definitely setting something up. So, uh, it was just a little bit of everything in it and it was just fun. It, it was just, it was probably one of my favorite anniversary issues that you've done. Um, in Absolutely. terms of just the backups alone were just, just, I don't know. I just went through them so fast. I was like, all right, what's this next one going to be? What's this next <laughs> one going to be? You know, uh, it's who it's are we going to see here? We got so many characters pop up. Like you guys said, the big guardian being like, Oh, you finally put that guy like, you know, doing something, you know, I didn't, I was hoping he was going to be more than just a splash page or something. You yeah. Know? Um, too cool a visual to just waste. Uh, yeah, yeah, he ended up being way cool. <laughs> I gotta say, when I was sitting there drawing that drawing, it's like, oh, kind of want to use this guy again. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how difficult is it to put this together, a hundred pager with oh, so many different guys on it? I it's mean, a bear. It's a real bear to, to that. And and uh, I actually contacted more more people than. Uh, showed up for the dance so mm -hmm. and stuff needed to be shuffled around a little bit um, the, the the backup that was in 249 with the Mighty Man story that was originally going to run in, in 250 and then it just became well I can't fit everything I, can, right. and I, can't, I can't add 8 pages I can so my only hope was something's got to shuffle from 250, either get pushed later or or earlier. And uh, and then it was, well, I'll do Mighty Man. And then when I did put Mighty Man in there, um, actually that that Dragon Lead story is a little shorter than usual, and it, right. it's eight pages, and that made it so that. Uh, the story I did in 250 could be 22 pages, <laughs> so that when I do the trades, these still works. You know, 18 and 22 still uh, the right number of pages. So much thought's got to be put into it. You forget. <laughs> it drives me crazy thinking all this. For a little, for a little while, you I know when we were first kind of learning about what was going to be in 250. I think you were going to put your one of your ant stories in there or something. And yeah. That was that was a thought too, and then and then when I was like when I thought I got to do Paul Dragon, then it was like, oh, I got to put in graphic fantasy. I can't not do that because yeah. it also it just established it's got enough little cool things in there that if you're just studying the panels and going, oh wait a minute, Dragon's two sons show up. This has got Mark and Peter Johnson show up as just you know, guys who attack Dragon in this sequence where he's fighting a bunch of superheroes. Were those like, his actual sons? I was wondering because they're costuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were his actual sons. So, but it's the same situation where Dragon, where Dragon was merged with William when he had the two kids. Right. So, you know, only he had merged with William initially and then had those two kids so yeah 
I agree that like you can just look at the background panels and just see like you know uh, kill cat in a test tube or like yeah. Mako come into the apartment to try and recruit him like it's just it is cool because it kind of like gets that universe in a book in that backup yeah and then even even when there's situations where you, you're sitting there there's a bunch of people watching this dragon movie where he's it's like well who's everybody who's in this picture and who are all these guys yeah yeah zeke you know? and oh there's there's some luke cage looking dude right to the right of <laughs> <laughs> sergeant marvel who the hell is he <laughs> You know, and then and then later on down the road, I can go. Oh yeah, that's that's Joseph Strange, the Bionic Man. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, no shit. I like the little flame guy, the Dormammu looking guy. He's like, yeah, he's, he's like, all lit up. Everyone else is in the shadows. Oh, like, dude, we're trying to watch a movie here. Come on, <laughs> turn that off for just a second. Yeah, the guy in the far, far, far left on that same panel is a guy named half man. And if you could see the other half of his face, he was like two faced kind of guy. He's <laughs> like a regular person, but he's half alien and half regular person. So <laughs> is the, um, but we don't see the half human part cause he's cut off exactly in the middle. <laughs> Have we seen the woman all the way to the right in no. the, no, she was like a with the afro. She was like a giant girl. She could turn, turn into a big old giant. <laughs> so, yeah, we got from left to right: half man, then the flame, then rock, then uh, that's Mark, right? Yeah, Mark it looks Trump. like Mark to me. And then there's a, a character called Black Beak. <laughs> It'll likely never appear. Um, yeah, he was, I think, Sergeant Marvel's sidekick. So, oh, I get it. All yeah. this time, I thought you just over-inked uh, Super Patriot or something. <laughs> and then that's the shrew right between Blackbeak and, and and then Sergeant Marvel. Nice. And, and uh, Joseph Strange and Star. Then Peter Johnson, then that's Zeke. Yep. He's sitting there, and then Dart, and I think it was. I think I just straight up called her Giant Girl. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, all, a lot of these. It's like the the next facing page. You can see like Tank's leg over there on the right hand side. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, it's like a lot of this, like, oh, who is that? What's that about? Where are these characters are? I like the look of the bronze man. He's kind of a cool looking dude. He, I, those, that black shit that's on his head was mm -hmm. added like way late in the game. When I originally drew him in my comics, he was essentially Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, let me put this black crap on his face. And... Yeah, I, I love Namor shorts, uh, Mako. Yeah, I, I love Hero Mako. I knew he had the heart of a hero in him. Yeah, he's, he's a big guy. <laughs> and we saw that a little bit in the regular in the yeah, the, very briefly. Yeah, yeah, 
briefly because I'm the tag angels. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had better glasses. When you were the background. <laughs> when you were um, first thinking of bringing uh, Dragon into Image and, and coming out with the miniseries, did you? From the get-go, envision him having the new fin, the the bigger fin, or did you uh, first kind of keep him with the Paul Dragon fin? I, I know you you have a dragon-like character in Marvel Comics Presents, and maybe that was the first type of prototype playing around with. But I was always just yeah, curious about that. Kind of was that was kind of where it was where I gave him that because he was a variation on uh, Paul Dragon in that, and then it was like, oh yeah. I should just use that fin. And when and then initially, when I was going to do it at Image, I have a couple of pages in my sketchbook where I was trying out a bunch of different kinds of fins. And then I was like, yeah, I guess that one I used to Marvel Comics Presents was probably the, the best of those. So, oh, well, I'll use that. <laughs> <laughs> How have you never published that page with all the different fins? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how I have it. A lot it seems of my pretty awesome. Sketchbooks are not very, are not very good. But yeah. Be I, I mean, years and years and years ago, you were going to do like kind of an, an art of Eric Larson book, right? I mean, it was yeah. at least solicited, or at least there was a house ad or something. I've definitely yeah, seen. and it and it just ended up like, ah, oh, this is going to be too much work to assemble. Not yeah. only the sketches, but I, I think I promised some how to make comics the image way kind of oh wow Whoa. and I was like oh this is going to be too much work <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do this shit on my Facebook page instead <laughs> so bouncing around a little bit but do you know does does Walt Simonson actually read the book? And the reason why I ask is because his cover was so kind of spot on to how the story is, which you know, some a lot of guys just do a pinup or something like that. You can't really tell. I don't know if he does or not. I would suspect he doesn't. Um, I sent him, I sent him shots of various characters and and. Uh, stuff like that, and and he, when he had no idea of what he wanted to do, I was like, just do something like a like one of those old Uncle Scrooge covers where, yeah, you know, the, the kids are fucking around and he's and he's getting disturbed, whatever he's trying to do. Well, it just seems like it goes so well with the COVID issue stuck at home, and it was just it was a really fun cover. Yeah, yeah, it were it. <laughs> what a happy circumstance that COVID came and wiped out. It <laughs> <laughs> really worked out for you. Yeah. You know, you laugh, but I, I feel like um, looking at, you know, the, the Savage Dragon Facebook page and stuff, I feel like COVID with the stores closing, a lot of people went out looking for existing comics that either – you know, they stopped collecting for a while or looking for something new. And I felt like Savage Dragon scratched the itch for a lot of people looking for a long run of stuff because I, I see a lot of new faces. And then I don't know if you noticed recently, I mean, probably not because I don't think you're shopping for back issues of Savage Dragon, but just from seeing people post things and the prices that they're paying for some of these back issues, 
is insane. And I, I go on eBay and look, and it's like there's nothing available anymore. You uh, know, I know. It's, it's I know crazy. That. There was there is talk at at, at Image because because Eric Stevenson was contacting me at one point and going, should we just do? I mean, Marvel keeps doing these these back issues where they're doing, you know, a new version of the old back issue. Mm -hmm. Should we just do that with a bunch of issues of Savage Dragon? Oh, you mean like the facsimiles and the... the, Yeah, the the... facsimiles things. Because it's like, those are are impossible to get for anything less than, you know, a shit ton of money. As long as you include the posters. (laughs) Well, I mean, real early issues are, are... but those are readily available. Those things that I wouldn't think would be, you know, if you can't find Savage Dragon number one at cover price, you're not really trying. <laughs> you try, try harder. You know? It seems like after issue 100, it gets pretty difficult. I, I think even, even after like issues, after issue 50, like 51 and up, I think are, are those start getting difficult because people will be like, I can't find issue 63. It's driving me nuts. I, yeah. I have a, I'm having a similar issue actually. Uh, and yes, stuff after 75 actually gets harder to find as well. Uh, but not as hard as stuff after a hundred and like 125. Yeah. I think it's really uncommon. <laughs> yeah. Cause at, at this point you've got stores that are just, we, we've got our customers and we buy the book for those customers that, and uh, they're, and they're being pulled, and they're being put in their, the slot, and it's so, and that, nobody else can ever buy it because it's never on the stand. That does seem to be the problem. Um, although I think a lot of your issues are still available through Diamond. If you just back order them, they might turn up. I don't know about going all the way back to like the hundreds. <laughs> I yeah, don't know how that works. Far. And occasionally they'll they'll will I'll get contacted and go. We're paying a lot of storage fees for these issues you might want to you know do a sale or or just dump these things i know at one point people were just having runs of their comics just destroyed wow so they back charge image for storage like for any unsold issues yeah 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 because oh wow you know people have these real storage issues with stuff that's amazing you know, there's there's tons and tons and tons of these books that are just all over the place. It's like, well, what can we do? It is yeah. funny. You think about a previews every single month, a phone book worth of new shit. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of those, they, they don't sell super well. And, you know, how many are you going to print? How many are you going to overprint? Um, Maybe a thousand copies in a box somewhere. And it's takes up space yeah 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 space exactly sheesh i mean what so I you're saying good <laughs> no, i was just saying so you're saying that image is thinking of publishing single issues just for like special issues or like the run or key, key, issues. Um, key issues that are that are going for gotcha. a lot on ebay yeah i i, so, I I'm going to say, I don't understand the appeal of those kind of, like, reprints. Those, the dollar comics, the facsimile editions, that sort of stuff. I mean, I guess they're cool to have, but do collectors really want them? Yeah. Well, I think it's... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I bet. I mean, I do. I do. I'm, I go to there, it's like, I'm never... 
I'm never going to be willing to part with that much money to own Incredible Hulk number one. Oh. But I'll facsimile that in a heartbeat so I can see all those shitty ads. And Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Just what was in that comic? Let, transport me back to that time. How hard is it going to get to get all the Wildstorm ads in, though? Oh, we just do it and just uh, and say... <laughs> Ask for forgiveness? Oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, by that, those aren't the those aren't the issues that that I think there's a high demand for anyway. Right. I think by the time Wildstorm was gone, gone from image, yeah. You know, it's like those. That's when it started picking up. So, I mean, right now, what what, what would be? I don't even know what the issues would be, but whatever. I was gonna say like Obama, Trump. <laughs> Trump's kind of new, though. Yeah, but that makes it harder to find. Yeah, it does make it harder to find. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, one hundred and three. Well, one hundred and three is popular because it's got the uh, first appearance of Invincible in the back. That, that's why that one sells out all the time. That's just a preview page. Yeah. 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 But it's. It's one of them. So with the cartoon coming out, perfect timing for a reprint. (laughs) I I wonder how many people watch that cartoon or even are aware that it existed. I heard Seth Green's or Seth Rogan's in it. I'm out. (laughs) Hard out. No Seth Rogan. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. What about the, the the Savage Dragon cartoon back on Peacock? I've been hearing people like pleasantly surprised to find that. There's actually quite a few people that you know grew up with that and and have a soft spot for it. And uh, it's kind of nice that it's back on you know yeah. on streaming that you have that. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that exists, and it's not a I, crappy uh, version. Yeah, no, I mean it's pretty. It's pretty rough looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the the sad part is that it doesn't look like they took care of their master tapes, so I don't think it's ever going to look much better. But it does look much better than it did than bootleg, bootleg wise. Copy. Yeah. Well, there. Are, yeah, I don't. I mean, I watched it on my computer and it looked like ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I, yeah, it doesn't look great. It, it's rough. I, I think the the masters are a little better than that. It's a little cleaner. It looks like it looks like fuzzy JPEGs watching it. Huh? Can you imagine 480 TV on a 4K TV? Mm. It's going to look like just dog shit. Oh, I know. I've got a decent-sized TV downstairs and watched, I don't know, maybe 15 consecutive seconds of it. It's like, okay. (laughs) I'm out. 15 consecutive seconds. (laughs) One, two, three. Count them. I still probably... At some point, we'll get together with a couple of chuckleheads and do a. Oh, you got to! People would love that commentary. God, there's there's a couple of really great freeze frames if I could find them, but it's like it'd be (laughs) searching like a needle through a haystack to find them. Because there's like there's one where where Dragon is talking next to Frank, and then Frank Frank takes his hand up to stroke his own chin. But they colored it as dragon's hand. So it's really, really like this odd reach of dragon just reaching stroking over, stroking his chin, stroke his friend's 
chin. It was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, that is hilarious. And then, you know, just just isolated instances where people's mouths just randomly disappear because they just did a, such a shitty job. You know? <laughs> um, Hey, you got to roast that shit. You got you got to cut that track. Absolutely. Got to but it's 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 like do you really want to sit through 26 of these? I mean, holy crap. At least there's at least one episode that I never I've never seen fully cuz I just just like, all right, I'm fast forwarding. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> uh, it there's quite a there's a few characters in there that don't really show up in, in you know that were just for the cartoon. Uh, I know uh, uh, Mark Welser has done some a backup for you, and he's pretty active on the Savage Dragon fan page. He likes to draw some pinups of of those characters. What's like the, the red bird girl or whatever? I don't even remember yeah. what her name is. Bulkhead, which I think showed up in his backup. I think he also showed up in uh, Freak Force Volume Two. But yeah, he did. There's a there's a character called Ma who never showed up, <laughs> um, and there's a character I don't, I don't remember his I don't remember his name. He had sort of hook arms. <laughs> it's like oh, here you can either pick from one of these thousands of vicious circle goons from the comic, or let's just make up some new ones. Well, they when it got to those characters, they would have me do a, a drawing. Yeah. Because they were, they would send me something. We're, we want to do something like this, and it's like, all right, um, maybe try this instead. And I would send them something back. I didn't do one for that that red whatever character that bird Alex, character. Alex disguises <laughs> herself as a freak, and I was like, oh, yeah. good. <laughs> that's a bad idea, all right. <laughs> we did get mud out of it, so. We did get mud. Uh, <laughs> never referred to by name, as, as I remember. That's pretty ingenious. <laughs> Fun times. We didn't. Um, we didn't talk about um, the coloring, and we've talked about it a lot recently. Um, we we always talk about it because we think Nico does such a fantastic job. Right, Nico is neato. But. I mean, if you look back at, like, 138, I think, was his first issue with Adam Archer. It yeah. almost looks like you've had, like, five different colorists since that. And it's the same guy and, you know, trying different, you know, experiments. And I'm sure, like, I think he said before that you guys work together and test yeah, you know, different much. things out. I, I, this this new this new kind of... Uh, look is is i think he's really you guys have really hit something with this i mean it, it blows our socks off looking at it it's it's really fun and it seems Almost like you guys watercolory like yeah. yeah 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 it's interesting interesting look i like it i remember back when he started adding texturing to the flats and i really like that but now he's starting to layer in like lots of different like I don't, i'm not a colorist so i don't know how to describe this like depth <laughs> which i like even more yeah, and highlights and shadows that he wasn't quite doing before, but now it's all come together. It it looks so good. And yeah, it looks like watercolors or like really high end markers. It's great. I was we were geeking out over like uh, in two fifty like Lightning Girl and and 
you know, the shading and, and the colors of her legs and almost looks like, you know, sweat or there's the shine. It just, it looks so good. You know, the, the one page where, uh, Maxine's, uh, backside, you know, is it just, you know, it just you looks like you know, the full figure. You can say, but it's okay. her ass. This is a mature her rated ass. show. You can say, but. Yeah. I have two little kids, so I have to watch it. Scott James enjoyed that too much. He yeah. made his enjoyment on the last show made me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I mean, it just everything pops so much. It, it just it really adds to it. Um, yeah, that we we went there was some back and forth on that, but <laughs> it's like it was, right, it's got to be read a little more like this. Was a good butt. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, it, that page is great. I love it. I love everything that's going on in it. Um, how you can make such a simple uh, action, you know, be such a fun page um, to play with the panels and everything in the full figure. Uh, a lot of these. Tough thing with this book was, you know, hey, these characters are sheltering at home. How are you going to make this visually interesting? How are you going to make it so that you're going from the right panel? to the next panel in some cases. It, it's a minor thing, but I really like that metallic swirl you put on the lamp. Which is that? In 251? Yeah, in 251. That's what we're talking about, right? No, he's talking oh, about I was going butt 250. in 250. Oh, I thought we were talking about Maxine's butt. But guess what, Jim? <laughs> that's a good butt, too. <laughs> oh, we got butts. Oh, we're talking. Oh, that's right. The other butt. Good point. Yeah, Fair point. The, the point and butt. Yeah, just all the the full figures in 250. You know, Greta Gearbox. You get that view, and you almost feel like you're one of the Dragon Kids looking up at her. Um, just I don't know. It's just fun. I, I love how you the profile page with all the comic team. Yeah, yeah. And just the giant profile of Malcolm, and the kids are jumping on pillows and shit on the bottom. The layouts blew our balls off on that last <laughs> issue. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> That's a good butt on two fifty one too, Jim. I think the brap the brappa lorch, like the way the liquid's flying off the lorch. Did you give Did you give him like direction on that, or is it his own inspiration? Because that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, he did that. Genius. That's pulling his weight, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to tuck it in and around the man chowder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even the like just I really think that like you've just been kicking ass in a lot of different weird ways like uh, for all these it's and I always tell people I'm like dude you know listen I said the thing with it is sorry we're gonna kiss your butt for an anniversary style here I said this book's been going on for so long 28 years and I said Eric's still finding ways to do shit that is like surprising and interesting and like for instance, Dart standing in two fifty one in front of that ah, backdrop. Awesome. It is awesome, and it's just an imposing figure, and the chandelier, and just the really the fancy. Yeah, the mansion fancy. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just not something I was expecting. And then you flip the page, and there it is. And it's like, God damn, this is good. You can see the piano in the background. Oh, it's just good, dude. <laughs> that was drawn from reference. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Still awesome. No, I know. It's just like I gotta. I mean, I gotta. I gotta do some reference. Like I don't. I don't my house isn't that fancy. It's fancy enough. <laughs> I don't. I don't have crazy couches like that. So, so I, 
there's a fair amount of stuff where I'm just like, I need to step outside of my comfort zone and do some stuff that I'm not used to doing make to just mix things up visually and come up with some different stuff, you know? Did, did she just move into that mafia guy's house that she killed yeah, last issue? Basically. Okay. She just just it's like what's <laughs> going on. I'm sure that he's probably not talking too much to anybody <laughs> else in the in the place anyway. So yeah. so I'll just take over his deal. <laughs> <laughs> The textures on the floor, the in the black, like uh, I don't know, it's kind of some like, kind of marble. It's like marble, room. yeah. It's great, good stuff. It's, it's the little things. <laughs> the "Don't Moose with Me" T-shirt, stuff like that. But it, it, it's hilarious, though, the reaction. You think that she's going to be like dragons back, you know, and fired up, and she basically just kind of like, nah, whatever. Uh, I, I think he's she's old under- now. I think she's underestimating him a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't bite her in the ass too badly. What well, Paul's got, like thinks they're bros. There's quite a few people up there at this point, so you know, if the, if the vicious circle all decides, you know what, let's just take care of the dragon boys for good, they're pretty outnumbered. Well, it was kind of cool too. Like it felt like. We talk about the uh, Malcolm reuniting with his crew from Dimension X, like some of his longest supporting characters, and they're reunited. And then also, too, there was the move to get everybody more up to Chicago, which is cool because it has Toronto. Or yeah. Toronto, Chicago, what I'm talking about, from Chicago, right? In a lot of ways, it was kind of awesome because it felt like he made big strides to just kind of close the book on Chicago, which was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's awesome because a lot. I, I see still commenters. People look, oh, I'm in Chicago, and I'm like, dude, Toronto has been a million times more interesting than Chicago it, as a location. It really does feel more like a place. Yeah, yeah. Chicago yeah. did sometimes. I Chicago. I mean, I probably referenced a couple things in Chicago once or twice. Very, very seldomly did I use any kind of photo reference. I did manipulate a photo once or twice. But you, but, you, you did build up cool things in Chicago, like the Chicago PD and the Rock House Diner and stuff. But ultimately, all yeah. that stuff was temporary because it never, you know, they all died or got blown up. <laughs> yeah. And it's all made up shit, too. It's right, not, yeah, like, right. you know, with with. Toronto, I'm sitting there going, I'm going to use the poop cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, the bit with, uh, you know, when Malcolm, well, when Malcolm jumps away from the fight, you get that that aerial view. Is that like a park, an actual park you reference it, you're referencing or? Um, I was looking, I was looking at something, but I didn't, I didn't go. That's not super accurate. Okay. (laughs) I was, I did look up something and it was like, all right, this could be this and this, could, and then and then it was like, or it could be not. Right. <laughs> it seems like that could drive you crazy to try to feel the need to reference everything. Yeah, it's still it it can get a little weird when it'll be like, hey, here's a bunch of my made up buildings. Yeah. And then suddenly, oh, and here's an actual place that's referenced and. 
it's constructed completely different from anything else that we got going on here. <laughs> sometimes that, sometimes that's a little noticeable, but if you like for but if you did that um the room Dart was in from reference, I couldn't tell. I, yeah, I, I it seemed I, really yeah, yeah natural. Yeah. Natural well, that in- I wasn't. I'm, I'm not tracing a photo for that, but but there's times in in other in other ones where I'm like, I'm gonna have there be a photo. I'm gonna manipulate it in Photoshop till it's black and white. Oh, and then yeah. I'm gonna use those as shadows, and then I'm gonna do, you know, lines for the line part of the building, and then I'm gonna add some texture to it. So when you look at like the Hockey Hall of Fame, it's like that's that's the real hockey hall of fame that's right that's not a made-up building and it's based on one time you did that with a one time you did that with a car and we all went that's not an eric larson car (laughs) what's what's going on here that's not a shitty eric larson car (laughs) i know what those look like (laughs) the the great thing about toronto too is that it's it's a pretty huge city and it's got a massive amount of skyscrapers so that's you know it's it's Decent size. It's Chicago size. It's it's very very similar in size to Chicago, and I it's feel it. and the it's sky. the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest city uh, in Canada, so yeah. it's got that going on. Um, but just the sheer number of skyscrapers. Like I, I live in you know the middle of Philadelphia, and when you go to Toronto, we have family up in Toronto. Just the sheer amount of skyscrapers and the amount that are going up, it's it's pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. Chicago's got a lot of the older, I feel like, buildings. I mean, it is also a huge city, but well, it was suggested that I should I should move Dragon to San Francisco at some point. It's like, yeah, you're gonna you're way more familiar with San Francisco, and you could reference all the stuff. And even if you if you wanted to, you could even go out and and get a take a photo of something. Mm-hmm. But um, San Francisco's tiny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we actually start going around the city. It's like this is seven miles by seven miles. Yeah, water on three of those sides, so it can't be any bigger. And then, you know, and then it's, and then it becomes different cities here and there. Uh, whereas Toronto, it's like, oh no, this is not. This is a city. It's a decent sized city, and right. Chicago is a decent sized city. Right, right. I mean, I feel like you only get that with those New York. I mean, L.A., the city itself, is it's sprawling, but it's not a big city. And then, you know, if you travel overseas, our cities look so tiny compared to some of the countries out there. It's crazy. Yeah. It's weirdly weird. Not Sorry, no good natural segue for this. But it's uh, I thought it was kind of cool how when you have Mind Warp uh, beating the shit, using drag- his powers to make Dragon beat the shit out of himself, what issue was that, guys, where we were like, you know, Dragon punching himself is a little awkward. You nailed the shit out of it in these panels. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of the very, we did a retro thing. Yeah, it would have been like four one of the issues, single issues. Four or five, I think. I can't remember what the circumstances were off the top of my head. But it was funny because we were like, oh, it's so weird, this uh, dragon beating his uh, own ass. That kind of seems a little awkward. But man, you nailed the body language on this shit. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Also, also, you use those cool scratchy panels that we were yes. talking about in the 
Yeah, I love seeing him back. Like I said, I, I forgot how much I missed them, and you see him, you're like, you know what? These are really fun. You know, they are. They are. There's some cool things. I need. I need just seeing them. These issues in print. There's definitely things I need to watch out for in the future. But there'll be sometimes where I've got things that are bleeding really far to the right, and then bleeding really far to the left, and like yeah, almost created an inadvertent double page spread here. Might want to. Be wary of such things in the future. These uh, pages in 249, especially with with Angel punching some some dude, and then the next panel pages Malcolm getting punched. And it's like, oh, these kind of are bleeding too much into one another. Best not to do too much of that kind of stuff. So. Completely oh. over our heads. We didn't notice. Uh, I mean, it's the sort of thing that that bugs me is is the accidental double page spread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's just from having two pages with full bleeds right next to them, right next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're bleeding right on the left hand page and bleeding left on the right hand page, and you end up with just background elements that that line up perfectly, yeah. and so, so it's the page where angels ramming a guy right yeah and then like there's an action line that goes right across uh malcolm's uh his uh left hand arm so it's like a like a tangent going on there yeah 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 i mean it's it's all right but there's a big chunk of space which is bleeding into another big chunk of space yeah 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 Yeah. that that does kind of just visually i find it a little jarring and it's like ah don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I, I can't wait to see more of the vicious circle, though. I know from the solicitations, we're going to be seeing more of them. Uh, it was fun to learn a little bit more about, you know, bare hands or sickly. Um, bare hands is so yeah. cool. <laughs> is there is there anything behind that scene where she's like her kids in the car and she's running to the car? I just want to establish that a lot of these characters will have lives and that a lot of these characters will have second generation uh, versions of them or, or just freakish offspring Mm -hmm. so that, you know, so that's not just the guys, not just this, this group of six kids who jumped through the window in two fifty, but, (laughs) but, you know, there are others out there who have also got families. You know, at some some point, I was I was, you know, contemplating. Oh, I should do a page where I've got just various family members that are that are coming into town and setting up their apartments and doing other shit. You know, in preparation for uh, the other people to come over the border. You know, because there's. I would think a lot of the the loved ones that these people have would just be like regular people, you know? It's right. like yeah. she takes her mask off and maybe she's got a burly head or whatever, but, you know, other, otherwise, you know, we don't know what a lot of these characters even look like outside of their mask, you know? It's like we've never seen vein with her mask off we don't know what's underneath there i, I, I have assumed veins 
it could be any any number of things you know you've got that samurai girl who shows up and you've got a bug who shows up and it's like or insect or whatever the fuck she's called (laughs) (laughs) i have to look it up every time (laughs) same here (laughs) (laughs) who is that what are they all about I, I love that she's getting a like samurai is kind of being established as almost like the the right hand person for Dart, uh, and yeah. we're seeing a little more um, characterization of them. Um, it's, yeah, it's always like fun to establish kind of more of the hierarchy of of well, who who is there and what's there, and and you know at this point, you know she's showing up because she's a, one of the few who, who's fully masked, so. Even in the time of COVID, it's like, all right, you, you could be my delivery person, <laughs> right? <laughs> With um, octop- uh, whale and whipple, uh, octopus junior, I guess is, I don't know if that's what you call him, but yeah, he was, it, it was you know we corpse now. Kid, but... <laughs> <laughs> we we learned that he gets his little uh, the space squid attached to him. Uh, uh, and I don't know if you even thought about it, care, doesn't matter, but is the thought in your head that that's the same thing that happened with his, his father? Yeah, that would be the idea. That, that, that they're basically, it's let's duplicate this thing that went on with your dad and get that going on here so we can, we can have you be a, a freak like us. <laughs> nice. I was telling the boys, I said it's cool because – even if you never ever do anything else with it, it kind of takes like what was a, just an established visual for like a long time and now makes it like a tool in the toolbox. Like yeah, somebody also, else could do also it. Also, you can go into Dimension X and there can be some of those squids running around. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know? it's like, oh shit, I'm being attacked by. Fuck, this is familiar. It's a bunch of four armed purple squids. I mean, Whaling got his head crushed. Maybe that squid's still out there. Could be, dude. He's, he's fine. He's just got a fucking dead body attached. <laughs> <laughs> you should grow a, sk- a squid head in place of uh, Whalen's head and takes over the host. And I'm still all about the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, so much going on. Yeah, so good, dude. So much. Leads. <laughs> And again, it's a little thing. I love that panel, that that page with the, uh, what is it, 15 panels of where you're basically trying to figure out Paul's deal. Him and Malcolm are hashing it out. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that is hearkening way back to the first issue of the miniseries when I would do those 15 panel pages. With the- that was like... Mount uh, Dragon and Frank talking with the lightning going on outside the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big that time. Same kind of, same kind of thing. I was, I was, uh, I think I was referencing that. I even, I think if you look back at it, you might go, "Oh yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's a close up." The same time, it's a close up there, and it's a far away shot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I ripped that off. That is the same page that's in issue one. That is really cool to find out. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it's very cool. If you look that up, it'll be like the same, the same. St- I mean, they're they're saying different stuff, but it's like 
you know, it's the same same basic thing. <laughs> oh, kind of. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That is that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great because that's the kind of thing we would totally miss, like on our own. You know what I mean? It's, I'm sure a real fan would have seen that. Right. Yeah, real fans, we got to get some of those guys to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Welzer, Gavin. Yeah, it's really cool because you got this wide shot with the picnic table, and in the in the original, it's a wide shot with the with the uh, hospital bed. That's a great. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to laugh. Um, when I look at the last page of 251 and you have next issue famous funnies and going back, I think when maybe we, it was some kind of talk on on the page or maybe last time we talked to you, you were saying uh, how, uh, you know, w- with COVID and stuff, I mean, you're able to catch up a little bit and get ahead so that you're not writing solicitation copies and not knowing where you're going to go with it at the time. And then you go and do this to yourself with the famous oh, funnies. No. And <laughs> it took me like two months to put together that issue. It was such, such a pain in the ass. And so for the listeners, this is uh 252, which is going to be all uh, kind of funny books, uh, comic strips based yeah. on real comic so strips. Basically every, Every two pages is a is a double page spread. The uh, the exceptions being page one and page twenty. Page one is uh, a single panel, so that I did Family Circus, which is you know a, a circular splash page. Hmm. And the last page is it's 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 still a Sunday, but it's stacked different. Nice. Oh, I can't wait for that one gonna be a good and did you did you finish drawing the issue yet or yeah 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 it's it's at this point i'm waiting for the lettering on page 20 but other than that it's all lettered even i know fairly go and and learn how to letter like a bunch <laughs> of different cartoonists good luck lettering like seager <sighs> so well, you're you're lettering it no he he Farron lettered it. Oh, okay. Okay. But he he's lettering like he's. I mean, we we sent back and forth a huge number of strips where I would go and find a bunch of them and send them to him, and and so he'd be matching styles on all these different strips. That's incredible. It's pretty mind blowing when you see them all. No one expected that. That's what I'm saying is no one expected you to go that far. That's crazy. Oh, it's it's crazy, you know? I mean, it's all – I'm still kind of trying to figure out how if I'm going to do them uh, with, with, with the big dots or not. I haven't right. decided whether I'm going to do that or – because, you know, when those things are reprinted, they're reprinted on nice paper and, right. and they always look super slick. But then, you know, there's something about having the dots on them that makes you feel like, oh, this is right out of the funnies. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still debating that. I haven't, I haven't put a dot pattern on anything yet. Everything's colored flat, though. They're not. It's not colored like Nico's usual coloring right, stuff. Right. 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 Uh, I actually screwed with it way more than 
I should have. <laughs> I mean, some, some of these are practically colored by me at this point. But, <laughs> but whatever. It's like, oh, no, they wouldn't do that in peanuts. we got to do it this time. <laughs> Speaking of giving yourself a break, taking it easy, um, we had sort of heard you in the past float around the idea of possibly, like, maybe giving yourself a break on your next anniversary issue. And the boys and I were saying that, like, with the timing, you know, you got 300 looming large. And 275 would be your next anniversary no issue, like, kind of. Were you thinking maybe it'd be like, just take a pass, let 275 be normal, and then just kill it on 300? Or you've thought about the future on that at all? I, it might not be a 100-page issue. Sure. But... um Every 25 since time began, they've been at least a 48-pager. Cool. So, I mean, 25 was and, and 75 was and 125 was a big one. You know, I think, I think 225 is the first time I did a 100-pager on, on the 25 mark mm-hmm. like that. So I think that was a big issue, though. which was insane because you did 115 at like 100 pages, didn't you? Yeah, that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> with that, it was it was mostly wasn't that one mostly mostly backup. It was the free, free house diner. Wait, was it? I uh, uh, the rock house diner. I'm sorry, right? One fifteen. Was that no. the Rock House Diner or was that the Freak Force backstop backup? I think it was the Freak Force one in one fifteen. Uh, we were real right. fans with the Wikipedia. You could be right. If only, only we had internet access, but we don't. <laughs> I was gonna say this is what the <laughs> listeners love to hear us struggle. I know it's just like, <laughs> yeah, the part where we're just uh, no, it wasn't Rock House. Was it Rock House Diner? I'm checking right now. It it was, was, no, it was Freak, it was, for, it was Freak Force, Freak by, Force. Um, by Engelhardt. Mark Engler, Engler, which is crazy because yeah. I have original art from that story, so I should know. Braggarts. Whatever. Well, there was other stuff, whatever. too. There was also a part, there was <laughs> Mighty Man was in there, and I think you reprinted a Bagum, uh, Mr. Glum story, too. Yep. From, like, negative, pro, uh, what was that, anthology? Oh, no, it was from More Fun Comics. Yeah, that was More Fun Comics, yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> we came uh, through. So, so yeah, I'm the funniest one. <laughs> that I mean, it was a pain in the ass. Was, uh, there's no denying what a pain in the ass it was. But was it and worth most, it? Most of them, it was a lot of swipes too from the actual strips that I'm emulating. So it's like, all right, let me see. Like, I can do this. I tried my hand at it uh, just for funsy, and uh, yeah, it is a lot of work just to do four-panel gag. I had yeah. to look up like 30 images to make sure I got things right. Those arbitrary yeah, lines yeah. are hard. Yeah. No, it's super, super tough. And and some of these guys, oh. it's really hard because they're so terrible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like sitting there doing Kathy, and I'm going, I can't. <laughs> draw that bad <laughs> now it's it, it hurts my brain to to go oh she's got one arm that's attached to her shoulder and this other arm is coming out of the middle of her chest <laughs> did you make it 
intentionally unfunny too to match. <laughs> it, it's yeah. It's, it's the same kind of. It's it's very much along the lines of Kathy. You know, all of them I kind of kind of did. I mean that way. I mean Dick Tracy's not not super on model in terms of what would be in a Dick Tracy strip. It's it's. Mm-hmm. Weirdos with weird heads, and you got lots well, of those. Well, you... it was it was so in the midst of all the um, Black Lives Matter stuff going on that oh. that it was like, oh, let me do some fucking shitty police stuff, you know, <laughs> in the midst of all this. So it's it kind of touches on that. Fuck. Uh I'm sure there were other I'm problems. Now. My son gave me the name. It's like, oh, some of these are better than others. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> but there were other problems, too. Like, uh, again, I was just doing it for fun. Just did, like, a Garfield one. And, like... I saw it, that. that. That was good. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, as, as I was working on it, I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, it reminded me of when you said, how did... Uh, you know, Bill Watterson draw black people. He didn't like, I was trying to like, I was like, well, Malcolm's black. I was like, how did Jim Davis draw black people? I couldn't find any. Yeah. Yeah. There was and no that's, reference. That's the same thing with, with, uh, what that Carl H was dealing with when he was sitting there doing, uh, dragon Bert. It's like, okay, I've got rapture showing up. Well, how does, how does, uh, Scott Adams draw black people? It's like, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> they just they just never show up, and that's problem solved. Yeah, I couldn't find anyone for Maxine. Like I was just like, oh, all right, no Asian, yeah. no black, nothing. Yeah, it's like, what do what do we do here? And I and you know, I can see why cartoonists do it because there's just a lot of there's a lot of shit that you avoid by just making everybody uh everybody white. Because, you know, when, when you start making people any other race and then having them do anything, then it becomes like, oh, what are you saying about black people? Or what are you saying about Mexicans or Asians or, or, sure. or whatever? Because people get, get their, their panties in a bunch about just this different stuff. And I can, you know, I'm, I can dodge some of that just because there's there's so many other examples where you can go, well, I'm not saying that all black people do that because I've got a hundred different black people in the book. True. And yeah. clearly they're, they're all doing different shit. So I can have there be, you know, one, one fat black guy and that's not, you know, terrible. Whereas if that's your only black guy and he's fat, you know, that's, that's a problem. Right. It becomes a commentary at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that that's a real becomes a real issue with with a lot of people using minority characters. And I even got in some trouble when I was doing doing Spider Man stuff, where, where I would do characters that were like, I'm just I just want this character to look interesting. He's a background character. Nobody's going to give a shit if I make this guy fat. And then it becomes an ordeal like oh look at this horrible thing that you did here 
<laughs> oh shit, yeah, I forgot there are no other black people in this strip. So having there be one one guy and he's and he's fat, um, that becomes a problem. You know, when I was doing the defenders and I just made that that one uh dude, I don't remember, I don't remember what his name was. But he was, he was like this. I just was like, I'm just gonna make him like a black Mr. Glum, and so he's kind of crazy looking dude. And then I was like, at some point, it's like, oh shit, that's the only black guy in this strip, and he's he's two feet tall and crazy looking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a problem. Uh, you know, so I think you you got it. You do need to kind of think globally to some degree and at least go all right well if i'm gonna have people be this way let's just have there be a a larger pool of characters so that i can have characters be interesting looking you know one of the things i appreciated about the movie uh the cartoon mulan is that uh you you look at that cartoon and you go there are some characters, if you pull them out of this cartoon, they would be super offensive. <laughs> but because they're mixed in with all these other characters, um, they're not. Because it's just, no, that's just that one guy. That one guy looks crazy. But that's we're not saying all Asians look like that. Because look at all the other aliens. We've got, you know, all these for lack of a better word, European-looking Asian characters. And then you've got some some that have got some really interesting characteristics about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that is kind of cool that you can do that. Because that's, yeah, I mean, I can't, I guess I made my point here like 30 times, but... <laughs> <laughs> This but it, one thing. It, can, it can definitely be something where you really do feel hampered when you're drawing different characters. It's right. like, you know, I, with white characters, I can have them look any way I want to. If I'm drawing black characters, there's this really, there's this parameters where you got to be within these confines or you're going to risk offending people. Sure. Right, right. And that, that's what I appreciate about Dragon. Like I said, I mean, I, I live, you know, in a, in a mixed race family. I know you do as well. But, oh, yeah. And we it's both live in cities. Big. Yeah, it's we like, both live in big cities that so I know for at least us, you know, we see probably the same uh, ratio of white and, and Asian and black people all around us, you know, mixed in. And it really reflects your cast of characters are so diverse and it seems like it's almost always been like that in savage dragon Um, yeah yeah very much so i mean right from the get-go it was uh you know dragon frank and alex and it's like okay we we've got hispanic we've got uh black and we've got this green dude you know and then i mean the problem when they were doing the cartoon was that they're sitting there going, well, we don't have any white characters. What the hell? Who's our white characters? Dragon, Who's your sympathetic is, white character? Is Dragon not white enough? Yeah, he's got those Anglo features. No, but he's, but he's, they, they were like, well, he's a green dude, so he's not, 
he's not strictly white and you don't have any you don't have any white characters that were sympathetic you know they were you would have a couple white characters that'd be like oh here's this fat white character what was that cop's name he was great <laughs> oh the one that was like oh i can't believe it yeah. <laughs> the, the first character you see in here <laughs> what a first impression yeah walt gilroy yes yes, yes. <laughs> after one of the writers on the show <laughs> i'm out of here well, yeah. you want a donut dragon <laughs> <laughs> yeah that but that was a situation where it was originally going to be uh bruce robinson mm-hmm. who was a, a recurring character from the dragon cart uh, dragon comic book but it was like we can't have there be a, a fat black guy because that's a, a racial stereotype and it's like well yeah but we've got frank and we've got these right. other characters it's only and it's and it was like no no they were really racism so weird because i've never heard that i've never that's one i'm from west virginia and i've never heard that i've never heard and i've heard a lot of racist shit i've never Maybe heard it comes that. down to like fat albert or something no because he was, well it's i think it's more carl winslow he was, he was also lazy <laughs> and it was like we don't want him to be a lazy fat black guy which is because what's funny is modern thinking would say it's problematic just to have a fat person be lazy. Like, that's wrong, too. You shouldn't yeah. do that, either. Like, yeah, that's, that's also shitty. Yeah. What can, what can you say? It's funny because, I mean, since we're kind of dancing all around these hot top, like, taboos anyway, uh, we were kind of saying what luck, like, what a bullet dodge to not have Dragon be a cop at this time in history. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, a lot of stigma. Well, sh- Look at page one of Savage Dragon number one. That came right after the Rodney King situation. Yeah, yeah. That was like right there. It was like (laughs) Rodney King happened and then Savage Dragon one came out like instants later. It was really close. Yeah, that's right. You got got Dragon tackling um, Cutthroat. Tackling a black guy on page one of his first issue. And it was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And and it it was, I think I I'm pretty sure I drew it before the Rodney King thing, and then the Rodney King thing hit, and it was like, oh, this could be trouble, and then it wasn't. And they're like, oh yeah, Twitter wasn't invented yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Woo! Thank <laughs> <Big> fuck. <laughs> wow. And then, I, but I, you know, and then you kind of did that Operation Urban Storm stuff that didn't kind of. Yeah, come yeah. out but you included it and that was that was you know that was a pretty cool yeah, that, was, that was pretty heavy handed yeah <laughs> <laughs> you had commentary it is so little. <laughs> I think Neesman would agree he was quite heavy handed <laughs> sorry <laughs> alright uh, nice thing to not have to deal with that's all I'm saying yeah yeah. Uh, so I think. So, what, what do you got, Craig? I was just gonna say one last thing about two fifty one, where we see uh, the the Ethrian backup, which is Frank Fosco's uh, character, right? Uh, is it mm-hmm. Gary and Frank's character together, or is it just Frank's? I'm not sure. I think but... it started with Frank, and then Gary was kind of brought on as a scripter. I'm not sure if if. Frank plotted all his stuff out or not. I'm not sure what the deal is there, but I do know that uh, 
he really wanted to get this thing colored and in, in print in a in a nice way. So I think has this of, seen has this seen print before? Yes, this is Vanguard Ethereal. It Warrior. is the Vanguard one shot. Okay. Yeah, it's that. It was originally drawn to be backups that were going to run in Vanguard. Yes. The idea was it was going to be a series of backups, and then it was, and then Frank would tie do with the main. an issue, and it would tie in. So that was the initial plan. So Frank was like, "I kind of." want it to be that way i never got to have it be the way it was intended to be can we can we run it the way it was intended to be and i was like all right because he wanted to see it in color and he wanted to see it serialized you know, kind of or serialized and so i was like all right you know want to do it we'll do it so that was turned, out, yeah. turned out beautiful that was yeah. really really great work by frank yeah, it's it's nice looking and and it colored up really nicely and and that the book was I mean it was drawn to be colored so it it was very open for color and so it's just having it be in color was was it's it's nice yeah and Frank Fosco is great I mean he's a fan favorite so it's always a treat to get some of his uh, backups. Um, I really enjoy him, so I was uh, pretty happy to see that. I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it. Frank was pretty tight-lipped about it, and uh, it was pretty cool when, when we flipped the page and saw that. So even though you know it, it's something I read, I read it so long ago that it's like reading it for the first time again, um, and I like how it ties in with the previous uh, uh, E3N story that ran in Savage Dragon. So yeah, um, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> and Jim's out of here. That wasn't me this time. Oh, really? I think I think Eric's got his window open. Uh, what? What's going on? I heard a car. Or are we just uh, teasing about the motorcycle? I got motorcycles by my place all the time. Oh, I'm I'm on a busy street. Yeah, so am so I. It does, it does not surprise me at all when that happens. It's it's a regular occurrence. I'll have uh, ambulances and shit going by. You you've done a ton of podcasts. I feel like after two fifty, it's pretty oh, yeah. cool. It's cool to see all the interest and excitement in in the issue. Yeah, no, it's been fun. I, I was getting a kick out of the. Uh, was it an Italian podcast where it is like some, someone was interviewing you and someone you had a translator too, <laughs> sitting there listening to someone talk for like uh, five minutes and then switches to the translator it's like uh three minutes of of italian and then it was translated in like 15 seconds of english <laughs> <laughs> well they cut the translators seem to cut to the chase <laughs> uh we don't need this part where he's kissing your ass let's just get right to the question <laughs> it, it, it's pretty cool to see the interest from overseas and there's even on the the fan page on facebook seeing someone like uh, you know, take unboxing their issue 250 from Chile, and and it's like, oh, I, I didn't realize that. You know, I guess with the internet and stuff, it's so much easier to track things down and order things and, and, yeah. and get into things. Uh, but it's it's pretty interesting to see, you know, fans from locations where you wouldn't think that there would be a big American comics fan base. 
Brazil. We got the Image Brazil team like joining regularly to comment. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I love it. Yeah, that's all right. Global phenomenon, Savage Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many people are are bumping into this on uh, Peacock. Like, you know, it's like on that that. Uh, I didn't, I didn't even know the network existed, but I had a couple people just like, hey. It's, it's brand new. It just started. And yeah. It's, and it's also free with ads, so lots of people are watching it because it's free. Yeah, the internet loves free with ad shit. Roku, not I mean, Crunchyroll and all that stuff. <laughs> Crunchy what? It's it, an anime thing. Don't worry same, about it, Craig. Same thing. Yeah, same same concept. <laughs> free with ads. That's all you need. It's not important. Tubi. Tubi's another one. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing for the book anyway. I would have to imagine just the ser- the timing of 250 plus that showing up on Peacock. It does seem I know we said it several times. We're just echoing. I'm just echoing Craig's point. But like it really as a fan feels like you just feel like just overall swell of support. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Love it. It's exciting. I- I'm having fun interacting with a lot of new people and. Talking Savage Dragon, because that's always the goal, to talk about whoever will listen, because we really enjoy it. And <laughs> Grab my collar, shake them, shake them while you say it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Spread a good word. Cool yeah, more of it. So cool. Oh, my God. I, as, as much work as assembling 250 was, getting 252 behind me, it's, it's like, it just feels like a way bigger ordeal than it should <laughs> man. Still can't believe you did that to yourself. <laughs> giving yourself breathing room. It is such a. I, 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 that would be the only way I could do it. If I did it as a without any kind of lead time, I, I don't think I would have been able to pull it off, or it would have been another issue that was super late. Yeah, yeah. So, so those are the issues we remember and enjoy, you know, most. Um, it, it's we always get a kick when you, out of it when you experiment, and you know it's one of our favorite things about the book so uh, really looking forward to it it's, it's such a different writing experience too because it's like oh, I kind of kind of have to emulate these strips and the timing of those strips and the way they would set them up and it, it, I ended up reading a just a shit ton of comic strips and then you know you have to reference every goddamn line <laughs> on a lot of these and some I pulled off and some are like yeah dude you're, you're not even close <laughs> it's like yeah whatever <laughs> uh, for for a lot of this research or whatever do you go out and like buy up books or is it a lot of just internet research or how, how are you um, a lot of them I have books already like I've mm-hmm. got all the collected Calvin and Hobbes I've got all the, the collected peanuts um so some Dick Tracy or something. Yeah, I've got some Dick Tracy stuff handy. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what ones I don't have. I mean, you uh, mentioned the Popeye stuff, and I didn't even know it was named by something. I, for me, yeah, it was Popeye lit- was a cartoon for me. Yeah, Popeye was a comic strip that start. It started in a strip called uh, Thimble Theater. Mm-hmm. Popeye wasn't even. You know, an initial character in that. He, yeah, he, he showed was, up years later. 
Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. All, all it was all about like olive oil dating other dudes. Yeah. <laughs> a guy <laughs> named a guy named Ham Gravy and Olive Oil's sister Castor Oil was what that series was about. <laughs> and it was great. And then eventually Popeye showed up as a as a character. Stole the show. So, and stole the title. Yeah, and eventually took over. But it it was symbol theater all the time that Cigar was doing it. And so it was like up into the 70s that it was still called Thimble Theater, at least wow. in some places. And then, and then it officially took, became Popeye and Bud Sagendorf took over. But yeah, I was, I, was, I was going after the original look or trying to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of these have got different kind of panel configurations because the the panel configurations changed from year to year from a lot of these strips depending on what was going on eventually they settled into this thing that everybody kind of had to adhere to but newspaper strips looked a lot different in the 20s yeah and the 30s. they really did i mean people were suggesting hey you should do um like you should do little nemo Ugh. and it's like tough yeah you, you yeah, have to problem, do a, you have to do a treasury sized issue. Well, and, the problem with Little Nemo is it's it's oriented different. It's tall, yeah, because right? it's he would do a whole comic page um, in the funnies, so it would be an entire page. So I can't you can't do that um, can't do that if you're doing it as double page spread, certainly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then it's you, you if you're doing it as single pages it's going to be really tough to read because those, those those were really detailed strips and that's yeah. it's going to be you're just going to be looking at it going what the hell am I even looking at <laughs> and the, plus the lettering's all shitty and stuff yeah. <laughs> those early early Nemo strips they didn't even have like word balloons the, all the dialogue was like strips like at the top of the panel yeah it's, it's yeah it's, and there's going through and deciding what strips I could do and what strips I couldn't do. Some some were initial, like, oh, I really want to do this one. And then uh, I just couldn't come up with a good joke for it for certain strips. And it's like, God damn it. I can't <laughs> quite pull this one off for whatever, for whatever reason. So, Want to throw out an example of just like one? There's like one you wanted, but just were like, nah, I can do it. Um, shoot, I mean, there's a bunch of them. I was going. I mean, really, if you name, if you just start naming strips, I probably. I mean, at one point, I was like entertaining doing Garfield. I didn't do it. I didn't, and uh, I didn't end up doing for better or for worse. Although that was one that I got pretty far along with. Oh, so you were actually drawing them in... in yeah, it's like that oh. one I got really far along with, and then I showed it to Lynn Johnston, and she was just, like, not having it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, better to ask forgiveness than ask permission. It was, it was, I kind of learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then... What? What else? There's a strip called Tiger that I wanted to do because I really like the art style. Oh, you shared some of that on Twitter. I'd never yeah, seen that. Yeah, I, I love that guy's art. 
nobody would get it because they because it, it's unfortunately the style is too similar to some other strips and it's like you know once once you lose i don't don't have a character i can't put hats on the kids and the main character in in that wears a hat mm. so i could i couldn't do that and once it became like regular people and then it was like and this is going to be filtered through my style there's just no way you're going to recognize it as being tiger anymore But that didn't stop me from reading a million of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost expecting some kind of uh, Hagar or Hagar, however you say it, Thor yeah, story or something. But, you know, a lot of them didn't work because of their location. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, do a Flash Gordon strip. That sounds great, but unless I'm going to do a flashback to regular dragon uh, with or the dragon or yeah. you know, with with those characters and Emperor Crawl shit. Captain Tootsie could be Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could. But then it, again, it would have been a flashback. I didn't really want to do flashback stories. I wanted it to continue the, the, the narrative that I have going on in the book. Right. So there, I put a lot of really, you know, constraints on myself, which made it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a, a bunch of just different things that that made it so I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine kind of knowing you that uh, you these stories will fit in continuity, right? Still, even though yeah, they're kind of like gag. Yeah, they'll be they'll, they'll seem reminiscent of the strip, and at the same time, it's it's. Uh, um, it's the, the, those characters, you know. That's it it so helps crazy. that it helps that um, uh, Malcolm and Maxine have pet names for each other, yeah. so that even when you don't get it, um, they're referencing stuff. <laughs> you know, so in the Thimble Theater one, it's like, "What is it, Olive Pit?" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> "Go pick up some milk, Pop Rocks." You know, and it's like, <laughs> all right. So we're establishing the nickname right right away so that at least kind of sets up that kind of mode um and i do the same when i when it's dagwood you know stuff like that it's like all right we'll make it make it obvious enough um but like some i didn't even make an attempt in terms of titling the strip to sound like the the person's strip it's like style wise um, it's so Kathy looking style wise that I didn't think that I needed to call it um, something that sounds like Kathy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'll just, it's one of the characters' names, so I'll just name it that. You know, same thing when I got to Blondie, it's like, I don't have any character <laughs> that sounds like Blondie, so, right. just, you know do whatever and you know with the the Calvin and Hobbes one it was like fuck what am I gonna <laughs> I already did kind of a a, a Calvin and Hobbes riff earlier mm-hmm. so it's like do I just do more of that or or what the, what the hell 
but I kind of wanted to introduce a, a talky tawny type character. Yes. Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just want to have there be one of these animal men be a tiger and just have a, like, so I just do Amy and, and I just do a tiger name. You know, some I just wanted to have it be a name that that down the road could still be a name that that means something and not tie it in completely. Existing comics, you know, because because initially it was like, oh, just have it be you know, Amy and Slobs or Amy (laughs) Slobs or you know, whatever. But if I did that kind of a name, then I'd be like, I'm stuck with this tiger forever being named blobs and what the hell <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want a tiger named blobs in my book you know so so i really wanted something that could be a hockey tawny kind of name you know that that would be all right it, it, it works as a talking tiger dude so yeah well you know and, and her version when she's seeing him she's seeing him looking very much like hobbs but when uh, Maxine walks in and sees, you know, the two of them just fighting with each other, it's like, oh, she's, she's fighting with a real tiger. <laughs> it's like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so anyway. This is going to be good. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but uh, I'm still, like, stoked about this. I'm stoked about this issue and a lot of de- it for a lot of different reasons. Just because it was such a such an artistic challenge to try and pull this shit off. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy. We said it many times before, but it's like, you don't have to do this. Nobody's like twisting your wrist to like force you. It's not like, hey, Larson, you better pull another miracle out of your ass or it's, you're done. It's like you're totally just throwing this shit on your own self. Yeah, just to, for, just for to, no good reason. And then, I, <laughs> and then I regret it immediately. <laughs> it's like, all right, what What's my next challenge going to be? Well, that was, you know, funny you should ask. Do you have any ideas brewing? We obviously don't need to know, but I'm just saying, do you have any, like, now that you're done and you've put that one to bed, mostly, are you, like, are the gears spinning towards another challenge, or are you just like, fuck it, I'm going to, like, give myself a break for a while? Well, I'm going to give myself a break for a while sure I sure think the, the obvious follow-up would be to do a, a, a comic book one and just go okay be jack kirby for a page now be gene colon now be oh. salga salmon now be you know and just run through a number of different comic book artists and you know and i and with those guys at least i'm way more familiar with their work to begin with sure so it would be somewhat easier to, to pull that shit off um on the other Wait. hand it's a lot of, it's still it's still a pain in the ass and i and i don't know how many people would would go oh i know who you're referencing right because uh i mean a lot of these a lot of the artists whose stuff i would be looking at would be guys who aren't aren't active in the field anymore you know, so then it's so for newer comic readers, it would go. So, yeah, right so if you're a modern comic reader, are you going to recognize Gene Collins' art style? Would you recognize Steve Ditko's? Would you recognize? 
I mean, Jack Kirby's is probably wide enough known that that you put enough squiggles on something that that you get it. But I don't know. And and can I can I pull off twenty different guys, or would I try and do it like this, where I'm doing two pages next to each other, like you'll you'll have the the Jack Kirby experience for two budding pages, or 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 can I do twenty different guys, and and how well can I pull it off? Right, can I do a, a Joe Kubert that's good enough that you're going to go, oh, that totally feels like Joe Kubert, or would I have to swipe these guys shamelessly? <laughs> or do it? We can wait. <laughs> With with some of these guys, it's like I had to full on swipe them. There was just no way that I could pull this off on on my own. So, oh well. <laughs> Whatever gets the job done. Yeah, yeah. It's the job done. I mean, those 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 uh, sites where they're always finding swipes are going to have a field day with this uh. one. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, I admit it. I admit it. I'm a thief. You got, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> uh, it's funny because the modern comic artists, like, you know, people that are growing up with, like, digital, like, entirely digital workflows and stuff where they don't even, like, use paper and they hate paper and stuff. And those kids don't give a shit. They'll trace right over a photo and just keep going. They don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can totally tell, too. When I'm yeah. Seeing it going to oh, yeah. It's like... Yeah, you you haven't made up a building in your life. These are all just photographic reference stuff. This isn't made up. This is these are real buildings. They call it what they call it photo bash. I saw the phrase like two weeks ago, and I was like photo bash, and now I see it everywhere. And I'm like photo bash. What? It's like collage. Like they'll collage something together and then trace it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I I knew, there were some guys who were who were having an inker ink things and they would they would send it to them right so mm-hmm. they would pencil and then they would send send the pencil stuff uh, and then the inker would ink it but he but he'd ink it on real paper they they'd print it out oh yeah was and there was some guy who was just flat up taking photographs and putting them in the background and the inker would have to turn them into drawings oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's shitty. So, no, it's totally shitty. <laughs> yeah, that's, what are you doing? Super shitty. <laughs> you know, but by the time it's all print, it's like, yeah, it kind of looks like somebody drew that background. Wow. If I was an anchor and I got a page full of, like, drawn foreground figures and just photos over photos, I'd be mad as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Oh my God. At least, at least, pay, get somebody to draw your backgrounds for you. Yeah. 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 That's how I. That's how the manga industry works. Oh, I know. I know. Those guys got a ton of people who are just working away. Like, good, good for you, man. <laughs> so uh, I can never do that. Yeah, it'd be too hard to give up that control. It's it's hard, and and it just takes longer to explain it than to do it. Yeah. Uh, 
don't want to tell tales out of school, but I had a piece that I drew and I sent it away to get colored. And uh, when I got it back, there's just way too much stuff to fix. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just color it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, like I should have done in the first place. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So yeah. how, how are you doing on time there, Eric? Uh, I'll, I'll be good till the, till the bell rings. Okay. <laughs> till the dinner bell rings. My wife will uh, let me know, and I'll wrap it up seamlessly. <laughs> That's been going a good long while. Yeah. Sydney. Deciding what to do here. I got a I got a pillow. I'm coloring. <laughs> uh, there's stuff I can. There's always stuff I can tweak. Is the is the problem with all this, with nonsense? There's always something something in the background that I could be like, oh, I can I can mess with that. <laughs> it seems like a slippery slope. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and there's always, and you see stuff in print, and you're like, "Oh, I missed that!" Damn it! There's a small little coloring mistake right there. Uh, coloring mistakes are the easiest ones. It's it's so they're so invisible, and you just see it after the fact. It's like, oh, damn it. Well, it probably it probably looks different in print when once you actually yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff. Because well, it's got it's got color on it, so your 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 eye is it's all filled in, and you're and you're not really thinking about it, and and then it's like oh he had, that guy had a sleeve in that other panel, he's got no sleeve anymore. What the hell? <laughs> oh well. Or you <laughs> see a ch- a chunk that was like still flatted, and it's just like oh no, everything around it's rendered, and you're just like oh. God damn it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Do you, guys, do you guys have any other follow-up questions? I or? think we've gone in-depth. Yeah, this has been like meaty as hell. Love it. Yeah. We, yeah. we always find <laughs> so much to talk about. I'm always shocked. I'm always like, what are we going to? And then it's three hours later, and it's like, holy shit. Everyone's yeah. like, how do you do a podcast on one comic? And it's like, have you read this comic? There's a lot to talk about. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff, and you start going through it, and then there ends up being a lot of like little little things and callbacks, and just talking about yeah. the background, uh, the production, behind the scenes stuff. There's always something to talk about. Yeah, all the contributors. Plus, you get plus two fifty. Come on, that's a big old issue. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of crap going on. There. I think we went for what three, three and a half hours or something on that. Yeah. What did we do? <laughs> we did a three and a half hour I, deep dive. I, was like, I don't oh, know how many people lasted that long listening to it, but we had a good time talking about it. <laughs> is, is, do you guys have information like how many people listened to this? Um, not as the data I have. We only have like a hundred or so dedicated listeners, but that data doesn't include who listens to us on iTunes. So I actually don't know how many people listen to us. Oh, and same thing with YouTube, right? Uh, YouTube, I actually can know how many people listen, uh, how many people watched it, in that case. But that's still pretty not used very extensively, so not a lot of numbers there. 
But honestly, it's it's really just a chance for the three of us to talk about it. And if you want yeah, to listen in, and and it's an excuse to get you on to talk to our favorite funny book creator. This is a long not. con. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like, I like getting a chance to. I mean, I don't. It's nobody in my house is reading Savage Dragon, so it's fine <laughs> by me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Um, whenever yeah, I, I finish it. a book, I get like a steak. Like, did you do just weird? Like, do you have any rituals or routines you do for putting these milestones behind you? No, I, I don't. I, I just, I got to get on the next one. You deserve a steak. <laughs> I, I would love a steak, but I can't leave that. <laughs> right, I get it. When, I when can this, deliver it to you. Yeah, when this COVID uh, thing's over, you deserve a steak. Yeah, this COVID thing, man. Ah, oh, can we get past this? Because it's, <laughs> it's like it's been. It's been months since I've eaten out. It's been all yeah. it's been all Janie cooking, which is just fine by me. Well, but. I know things are things are a bit worse in California. Uh, yeah, number yeah. wise, number wise, and we're and we're playing it super, super, super safe too, and we're just not not fucking around, and so I mean, yeah. So, so we don't go out, and uh, you know, we, when we go for walks, it's uh, we have we have a decent enough size house, and it's one of those old Victorians where it's got a sitting room, parlor, that sort of thing. So we can make like a circle, do laps. Yeah, so we'll just sit there and go. Okay, it's time for more laps. We'll do ten minutes here, and just do do circles for for a while. And uh, so that's part of the the exercise routine around here. And my wife's yeah. always trying to get me to be skinny, dude. So, <laughs> so she's she's loving being able to control that aspect. You know, because she's a did, she's a skinny little thing. So, is she is I, she I working? Thought for... you were going to say that ass. <laughs> Is she working from home, and does she typically work from home, or is this kind of new for you to have her in the house around you while you're home working? She is retired. Oh, okay, cool. So um, she and and before that, this she was t- taking a bunch of classes through City College, and uh, and it's just for fun because she likes to learn stuff. So yeah. she was doing doing a lot of. Uh, classes and going going off and then our youngest son uh, had just gone off to college so we were we were empty nesters there um for a short while <laughs> and then spring kicked along came around and there and the school said well we're going to send kids home a couple weeks early for spring break and uh you know parents you know, plan on them being back at the end of the end of this, this school year. And then we were just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm guessing they're, this isn't going to turn out just the way they think it's going to. So we just went up there and took all his, his stuff home. And then, uh, it exploded and it ended yeah. up, ended up that, that it's like, he finished up the school year at home and then now he's going to be starting up the school year 
remotely. So we'll have Joe around and he can come up with more excellent, funny titles for me. <laughs> what was the one that he wrote when he was really young? Was it, was it him or your old one with the hot dog? Uh, I Star Trek hot dogs for me. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, Joe's joke. That was that <laughs> all actual stuff that Joe had sent to me, said to me. And then I came up with a character that I used in that Madman special, which was Double Club Caveman. Which <laughs> I still haven't had Double Club Caveman show up yet. <laughs> but, but yeah, when it was the thing is that some of these strips were super easy to come up with titles for, mm-hmm. and uh, like Dick Tracy, I had a million titles. It's like there's so many different ones that that can kind of work, and uh, but like Doonesbury, I was like, I'm fucked. There, I don't. None of the characters have a name that's sounds anything like Doonesbury and Doonesbury is somebody's last name so it's kind of a nonsense word yeah sounds like a town (laughs) yeah so what I came up with isn't very good but oh well (laughs) (laughs) and you'll you'll see it in 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 print uh, it's frustrating some of these are frustrating this is never. There's really never a better time to ask this. It's a weird question, but we're since you were like you know fucking around with Popeye related things, um, you use public domain characters, uh, and Popeye's public domain in the UK. Now this has never had you tied as a Popeye guy in any way before. You brought up like your plans for issue two fifty two. Like, has it ever like have you ever had a Popeye story brewing in your noggin? Uh, not really not really cool just i know weird but i have and i was just like "Hmm." yeah i mean it 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 never was one of those like oh i could do this one day that that never really crossed my mind that that was a possibility so like with dr savannah showing up i was just thinking i was like huh I wonder if he's any other public domain names that he just has like a thought of, uh, you know, bringing into the fold. Uh, not yet. I'm trying. I mean, there's when I'm looking through this stuff, occasionally they'll be like, I got to use this guy at some point just because he's a cool visual. Um, and I have and, and a bunch of the guys who showed up when I first brought him over, I haven't done much with, and it's like, I, I should do a story with the black terror just cause he's a cool looking character and he's kind of a punisher type or oh, could yeah. be, you know? And there's, there's several others that were around there that are like, Oh, that's just a cool visual. Um, Joe Kubert had done some superhero that's in the public domain. And I don't even remember the name of him. But it was like, oh, that's a cool look. I should use that guy. Uh, but you know, well, at some point, at some point, I'll get, I'll get to him. I'd like to. You know, you want to do everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just not time to do absolutely everything. Somebody said the phrase that cursed me creatively. I, I was just, they said, you could do anything you want. You can't do everything you want. And I was like, God damn it. I hate the truth of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then that's that's true. And and you know, people will will contact me about about doing this or this or that at at other companies sometimes. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't have time to do that. Or, you know, I would have to I would have to give Savage Dragon a break and and you know, do I want it do I want to take a break from the book? Um, not really. <laughs> yeah, as you say, typically not, right? Yeah, typically not. It's just it's it's more fun to do this than to do most of that other stuff. And and whenever I do put dip my toes in that wading pool, it always you're reminded of oh yeah, that's why I stopped doing this because <laughs> it's so damn fun. And there's just, an editor that won't let me do what I want. Yeah, there's an editor, and, or you know, it's got to tie in with this other thing. Um, yeah, you know, and, and it's like uh, it's it's frustrating because it's because in a, in a way you go, oh, I want to do everything. I want to do all this cool stuff. There are all these characters that you know. Oh, you never got to do your. Uh, whatever, whatever the character is, you know, and I didn't get to do a, a run on this book or that book. Never got to do them, you know. What would you do if DC called you up and said, "Hey, we'd like you to do Commandy"? It's like, ah, shit, that would be kind of fun. <laughs> but at the I'm same s- time, it's like, or I could do a, a Commandy riff in Savage Dragon and be able to actually have it see print that'd be cool too right did they ever reach out to you about that commandy series that came out a few years back it was like finish the story from the guy before you type type thing um, i i thought they would have reached out to you yeah they did yeah. they didn't reach out for me for that um somebody had reached out about um, at one point about me doing commandy um it was a long 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 time ago i don't I don't remember what the situation was, and they were just feeling feeling me out as somebody to do it, and I ended up deciding not to. I feel like you kind of said your piece on that with the Savage World stuff. In yeah, a way. kind of. I mean, it was a, I don't think I've really tackled anything in the way that I would tackle it if I did it as a real thing. Yeah. Like my Mighty Man stuff, I mean, Gary Carlson's Mighty Man is way more uh, Captain Marvel than mine ever was. Yeah, yeah. But right. now if I were to actually do Captain Marvel, like, all right, well, it wouldn't be like my Mighty Man. Oh, we almost got a taste of that. I saw that page. Almost yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> almost there. We'll see if I ever really want to tempt fate i'll just flat out do it and publish it and then apologize <laughs> be one of, i thought he was in the public domain shit god damn it ah. <laughs> well he might be too is that I've, I've i mean his stories a lot of them are in the public domain and people are reprinting them all over the place and and it's like and some people have 
are doing like new Captain Marvel stories on their own, but they're really like really, really obscure fan guys. And mm. it, it's like, uh, how, how legit is this? It's tough because you can do Captain Marvel stories. You just can't, like, publicize them. It's weird. Public domain's weird. Like, Sherlock Holmes is public domain, except you'll, they'll still totally sue your ass for doing Sherlock Holmes stuff. It's bizarre. Well, it's the well, difference between tra- copyright and trademark. Yeah, Someone that's trademark. Copyright and trademark. And the thing with, with Captain Marvel is um, they don't own Captain Marvel anyway. Right. They don't right. have that name. But they own that so, lightning bolt. Huh? You no. can't. No? No. Oh. I've got it on Mighty Man's chest. Nobody's given That's nobody's true. Ever... I guess it is on Madman and Mage and all kinds of things. Now that I think about it's, it. It's such a simple thing. They can't possibly own that. So, um, and they can own their spin on the character, but who the hell wants that anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Shitty hood, hood, and the lightning I, powers. I'm not interested in that at all. You know, if they were like, "Yeah, you can do Captain Marvel, but it's got to be our shitty version," it's like, no thanks. Well, I don't want that. That's no fun for anybody. Man, just <laughs> not Nick, but. Uh, I have strong opinions on some of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just passion burns hot. That's all. I, I, I likes what I likes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I just put put my list of favorite Spider-Man artists on online. Yeah, I saw that. A couple people just like, oh, I can't believe you didn't include. And yeah, whoever make is, your own list. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't put Eric Larson on that list. I mean, yeah, what's like, wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> Yeah, well, I had that too. It would be like <laughs> you didn't put yourself <laughs> yourself on your own list. What the hell? <laughs> you know? I would fuck it. You know, you'd be on my list. Unfortunately, I've never been in the top ten of anything to know the situation. <laughs> what I would do? Uh, Just do it. <laughs> Life's too short to be humble. Yeah, but people take offense like, oh, you're insulting such and such by not including him on your list. It's, it's such like, a weird like, mentality. I like what I like. <laughs> it's such a weird yeah. mentality that, that leaving something off is somehow an insult. Yeah. Like, because you're number 11, you're somehow, it's bad. It's the internet, though, baby. If, if you're not a 10, you're a zero. Like, people either love something or they just perceive you as absolutely hating it. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I don't like the same shit you like. Yeah, but, dude, come on, he was so influential. <laughs> whatever. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but it is hilarious because it's like I have plenty of odd tastes in music and stuff like that. And just because, you know, it, it, well, you're going to match it with everybody, you know, the popular top 10 because Craig, what do yeah, you consider not odd music? What I listen to? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't listen to like Spice strictly girls. like like radio music. So if you said, you know, your favorite and, and the Beatles weren't on my top 10 and they're not because it's just not my favorite. But there's plenty of people that would balk at that. What do you mean the Beatles? You know, how can they not possibly be in your top 10? 
It's just a matter of taste. Yeah, well, they're in my top ten, goddammit. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're in a lot of people's top ten. Yeah, but so is Einstein's sister, and you've never even yeah, heard right. of it. <laughs> just in the pages of Savage Dragon. I was going to say, you're legitimately the only person I've ever heard talk about Einstein's sister. You know what that was? That was a, a guy who is a comic book fan, who was part of that band, who gave me a, a CD at a convention. And it was like, and usually you put those on and they're like, well, this was truly horrible. And it was <laughs> my, one where I put it on and I was like, this is like a best of or something. And it was like, no, this is just the way it is. Every song is awesome. I was like, oh, well, I need to get more of these. And so I found whatever albums they have. And they, they didn't put out a lot of them. There's like th three or four albums. And it's like, these are in active rotation in my household. Did they know that you're a big fan like that? Um, I don't know that they know that I'm, that I, that it's, I listen to it that goddamn much, but <laughs> I do listen to them that goddamn much. Wow. They need That's to know. Neat. Yeah. I don't think the band is even together anymore. But that it's like, sense. yeah, my, the ones in, in, in active, yeah. Uh, Amy Man gets played a lot in my household. Um, Fountains of Wayne gets played a lot. Fucking A. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Fountains of Wayne. They're great. Um, Was it, did that guy just pass away recently, the Fountains of Wayne uh, guy? Was that the guy? Yep. Yeah. One yeah. of the, the guys, he didn't sing a lot of their songs, but he he uh, wrote a lot of music. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, he also wrote a song in the new Monkees album. Oh, nice! <laughs> I didn't know they had one. <laughs> and it's 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 a great song. <laughs> it sounds like a Fountain of Wayne song on this Monkees album. That's cool. Know what I'm doing right after this podcast? Yeah. Well, Google his stuff and find some of the weird shit that he's written for, for people. He also wrote uh, That Thing You Do. Nice. It's a banger. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's, a, that's a favorite movie. I love a, that movie. Tom Hanks' banger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a movie that if it's like, you got to watch a movie for 24 hours in a row, I'd be like, fuck yeah, put that on. <laughs> and watch that I'll watch Groundhog Day all day long it's another classic it's kind of a weird question just throw this out for Eric but I'm curious what Craig and Jim have done on this too I mean we're getting in the weeds with like music taste and all kinds of shit so why not just throw this out here <laughs> I fell down with COVID-19 I fell down a, a, an old comic rabbit hole that I literally never go down um, I decided to finish a series that I fell off of for 15 years and then I got back into it. And unfortunately all the books got expensive because, um, the company that published it is just gone. They don't exist anymore. And so the I books, know that feeling, well, the, we wait till you hear where it goes. The books that were out there are literally, it's never going to come over ever again. The company doesn't exist. It's super defunct. They don't even have scans of this shit online. You can't read this any other way but to find the physical books, right? 
So I'm in a terrible spot I've never been in. I start buying these damn books that were originally $9 a pop. I'm paying like 40 and 120 a piece. Oof. Yeah, it, oh, it stung. And then I finally get, I buy the most expensive one at 350 Holy crap, my man. Oh, dude, wait. Wait till you hear where this goes. And I guess some eagle eye saw me out there buying those books up. And one, the prices. Dude, one of the last two books that I had to get when I went just a week ago is 120 bucks. When I went to go like check on it now, it was 890 bucks Ooh. was the least expensive I could find. What book are you talking about? No one will give a shit about this. This is my Einstein sister. It's a Japanese cooking comic called Iron Walk Jan. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Well, come on. I'm just saying. I, I, nobody, that's the thing. That's why it's like so expensive. No one gives a shit about it but the people who do, right? Uh, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm just saying, quite open question. I got one. I got What's one. the most you know. expensive shit you've fallen down the hole on comics-wise? Well, science cost me a lot lately is I've gone back. I used to... So I got Savage Dragon versus Megaton Man when that came out. And I was not a fan of Don Simpson. And I'm absolutely, like, smitten with his work now. And I went back and tried to get all the Bizarre Hero stuff over this COVID stuff because I wanted new stuff to read. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go back and try it. And I just... The Megaton Man stuff's okay, but the Bizarre Hero stuff is just... If you like Savage Dragon, it's like that. It's It's like... This cast of characters that's built in, it's it's funny, it pokes fun at itself, and his art is fantastic, and his lettering's fantastic, he's just an all-around great cartoonist, but this stuff's so hard to find, and yeah. I've got them all now, except for three issues, and I bought, had to go to a comic store in Australia, and they're getting shipped over now to get the last three that I need, but... Uh, COVID kind of did that to me where I was like, I'm going to go back. And, and I, that's what I say. I think people with Savage Dra- doing the same with Savage Dragon. But, uh, man, I love Don Simpson stuff and uh, <laughs> went back and bought all the, the image collected stuff. And now I see what everyone else saw, which I didn't give it a chance. And I think a lot of people didn't give it a chance. But his stuff's his stuff's wild. Yeah. He gets yeah. pretty freaky, too, with the, you know, even with like the racy type stuff. You know, uh, when you look at it and you're like, wow, this is kind of. Oh, he, uh, he did a porno book, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like Forbidden Frankenstein and uh, White Bread Wendy or whatever. Craig yeah. blew my mind with that shit. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Under a different a pen name. Anton Drek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's a, he's a wild dude. And when I was, when I was, Raven and I talk because he lives in Pittsburgh. Raven It's like, oh, we should hit him up for an interview. Uh, he sounds like pretty, pretty fun and straightforward guy, and will, will you know give a good interview and tell you as it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a good guy. Uh, but yeah, I, I that's what you know. Again, some blessings with COVID that I got back into things that I wasn't really paying attention to. I haven't bought anything super recently. I although I just mail ordered uh, when I was going get down this comic strip thing. Uh, there is a comic book version of Tiger that came out from Charlton, and uh, there's six issues, and I so I I bought all six issues of that. 
but those those are not super expensive books. Uh, my most expensive comic is Wiz Number Two, which cost me a cool ten grand. Oh my god! Whoa! Um, I knew you'd have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm hoping my wife does not overhear this. <laughs> <laughs> Where, do you do you store that in a lockbox or something? Like no, what do you it's, do? <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I've got I've got a bunch of comics, so un, I've got unbagged some, and unboarded, and unbagged in a box somewhere. <laughs> it's it's bagged and boarded, but I mean, most of the comics that I got that when I bought them and they, and they were already bagged and boarded, I kept them that way. Yeah, sure. Um, there's some that I let I let free just because, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but for the most part if I bat, if I got them one way I kept them that way but yeah there's there's different things where, I'm, where I start chasing down an artist rabbit hole and be like what's what's all the comics that Alex Nino has worked on I gotta yeah, find all yeah. that stuff yeah or Alex Toth or yeah uh, you know I was getting a bunch of Neil Adams Batman stuff recently because it's like that they they reprinted a bunch of those neil adams ones and then they recolored them and neil came in and redrew parts of them and uh it just it's just not seamless let's just leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) he does look quite different than he used yeah he's he he inks like Joe Kubert now, and it's like that yeah. that ink line is so different from his old ink line that he just is not able to to blend this stuff seamlessly. And it'd be one thing if he was just going through and giving Batman long ears everywhere, which he did, but uh, <laughs> but he also was just going picking isolated faces and going, ah, I can, I can ink that better than I did then. And then he would, uh, give it another go. And so I've kind of been like, well, let me find these original comics. And so I can have them the way they originally were. And I also kind of like the old coloring on some of that stuff and the, the aesthetic of that, you know, shitty paint smelly paper and all that stuff some of it's superior yeah. the the old coloring superior to the new stuff absolutely uh, i think so in, in in a lot of cases and, and uh, you know a lot of it too is is just the combination of the the different things yeah you know you you look at it and your your brain is doing half the work because you're filling in all the missing stuff and then you see it colored better, and it's like, oh, I don't like the way this looks. This, that's not good. <laughs> I was really pleased the way uh, they reprinted uh, those Kirby DC collections. Was it like 10 years ago or maybe less than that, where it was on the newsprint? And I was like, oh, yeah, this actually I, looks I, good. I with some of them. Yeah. Uh, there was some stuff where they were – where they were going in and uh, where one color would meet another color, they would airbrush that. I'm, oh, I'm really? Not down, I'm not down with that shit. I want yeah. a, a hard edge where one color is meeting another color. Well, now they have these huge, like, 
this huge omnibus for Kirby uh, New Gods, which I've seen online. I don't know. I'm sure you probably got it there. I got quit <laughs> seeing comic over and over. Again. I know, but they keep coming out better <laughs> and bigger. I know. I know. I get it. It's bigger. It's better. But <laughs> it's like all of a sudden Marvel has all these like king size Kirby things, and the books are like they weigh. 200 pounds and i can't even turn the page but is that what they call him king size kirby i don't know. i think one of yeah there's at least one what book i have is called king size didn't they just kind of thing out, is like, enormous didn't they just reprint 2001 a space odyssey or something no, no i'm thinking of, oh they no his prisoner that. his prisoner comic yeah reprinted. that's not that no the ones marvel are putting out are like they're doing like his thor runs and, and they're just like super oversized like these giant things that won't fit on anyone's bookshelf but also, they're, they're they're actually taller they're like larger dimensions they're like yeah they're really sized. in the in the case of the galactus one um some of the stories are printed bigger than the original art was yeah so they're actually blowing blowing shit up some of them i mean it was it was a weird weird kind of middle ground that they picked with that because uh, some of the stories were drawn twice up, so it's like those stories were were printed a little bit smaller than the original art, but then some of the stories were were drawn at ten by fifteen, and those are a little bit bigger. So they were blowing up him, and they were blowing up uh, a John Byrne drawn story and a John Buscema drawn story. So it was like. All right, this is kind of neat, but it's it's looking a little crude in some places here. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can tell a little when they do when stuff's like the different sizes. It kind of looks weird. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm kind of doing that myself in in my own book, where where there will be pages at some point which were bigger than other pages and shit. Hopefully, it's not super noticeable, but. I mean, I was doing twice up there for a bit, and then uh, I've kind of choked that back, so it's not quite twice up anymore. Mm. Uh, so, Just got tired of it, or was it the practicality? It's, yeah, I, I, it's mostly it's just ruling out all those goddamn pages and <laughs> and stuff. It, it just became, oh, this is a pain in the ass. Uh, I'm still ruling out my own stuff, but I'm able to get two pages on a board instead of one and scanning every page had to be scanned in four times and it, it, it had just become a, a bigger nightmare than I wanted it to be. And also just working at any size, you kind of come across uh, different different limitations with stuff. Where you go, yeah, when I'm drawing it big, I can't do a line that's thick enough at, at certain times. And when you reduce it down, not, things don't have the kind of weight that you'd like them to. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's just give and take at, at, at all the various sizes. Um, so I, I, I kind of go through periods. And I did a couple issues which were totally... I was all over the place where, where the original art was various sizes and then it was all just adjusted to be the same size when I sent it to the letterer. Um, so he didn't have to 
adjust things with me. But right. you know, at, at certain point, it's like I can draw it any size. So why do I have to draw it this big? If I come up with a cover image and it doesn't look good drawn huge, maybe it'll look good drawn small. So I did the, you know that issue that was a close up on Maxine's face with mm -hmm. with Malcolm's fingers. Um, that that whole issue was drawn tiny. It was drawn really really small. Huh. And you then uh, couldn't tell at all. That's weird. Oh, that one you could tell. Put it next to another issue, you'll be like, oh yeah, because <laughs> there's some stuff in there that's pretty crude. And then there's mm. two issues where where I was doing uh, various sizes, and it and I was all over the place from twice up to to really small. And that was the uh, the issue that introduced the the, the sex dolls. Mm -hmm. That was that was one of them, and then. One of the other ones was around that same time, either before or after, and it was just various sizes. Like let's let's see what works and let's see what doesn't work and stuff like that. And so, you know, it was just different things. I don't remember what my last points up issue was. It was it was a, a while back. It was a few issues back, um, and then for a while I, I just went back to using the, the regular standard artboards, but I drew every page as though it were a, a full bleed. And then I, I just shrank everything down. So there were, there were issues in a row there where, where nothing, was, nothing was bleeding except for double page spreads. I think mm -hmm. two, 248 was drawn that way. And then with 249, I'm I'm back to to ruling out my own boards again, but they're they're that same size, but but plus a bleed, so I can I can do bleeds again. Anyway, I keep I keep messing around, see what works and what doesn't, what feels good and what doesn't, and I'll inevitably change. <laughs> Down the road, I'll just be like, oh, I need to do it barn door size. <laughs> aerial photograph king size Kirby King oh, my last few issues would be all drawn with feces on mattresses <laughs> <laughs> it's a dumpling those were really hard issues to read but I gotta complete my collection so <laughs> yeah it's a good thing it's bagged and boarded yeah <laughs> <laughs> Was there any certain inspiration for uh, an issue? What am I looking at? Two fifty one? No, two fifty. Um, some of the layouts used like colored word balloons to help with the uh, reading clarity. That was kind of like something I hadn't really seen anywhere. Um. Yeah, I. I had like the web page. The I've web been page doing it for a while now. Where where when characters are standing on a against a, where it's an open panel mm -hmm. um you know so it's white in the background i've been coloring those balloons so it, mostly it's been in situations where it's characters against a, a white background where i'll do that um and in this issue i had planned on doing it more and then 
stop, turned them white instead, just for clarity's sake. That's um, kind of cool. It helps yeah, with readability. Yeah, it, it, it can help out uh, to, to isolate, like, this is this and this is that. And there are also uh, characters generally if have like their balloon color so yeah. like whenever whenever malcolm talks his his balloons are always that same color mm -hmm. and it's a consistent thing like throughout like anytime he talks it's gonna be that color but whatever when i'm doing the emulating the strips here i go by whatever their comic strips they happen to how they happen to do it so it's it's changing somewhat here and this issue yeah 252 will just be an aberration really be like oh it's colored different and it looks different and everything <laughs> about this is weird what the hell man like in the middle of a trade how that'll read <laughs> it'll be different for sure well this will this will be the end of a, a trade so it'll be a strange ending <laughs> <laughs> Dragon fans are used to the experiments. It's cool. Yeah, it'll seem like a backup if it's at the end almost. <laughs> it's definitely different. I can't wait to see like what some of those new readers see because I feel like a lot of fresh blood will be rolling onto the book with 250. And so for them, 252 will be like the big, their first big experimental book. Oh, yeah. That'll be the real like acid test like, <laughs> are you really in it for the long haul because this, this is shit that happens again. Uh -oh. <laughs> but then we see the, the cover for was it 253 is the one where uh, is it Malcolm just like falling Falling with all the kind of rock, kind of dust. Oh, yeah, 254 is that one. Four, yeah. 253, yeah. he's, he's jumping. Oh, uh, Rogue Warrior. And, yeah, Rogue Warrior makes it his first cover appearance. How how close were you to, I know, um, a little backstory for the listeners on Twitter, I think it was Twitter or Facebook, you posted two different colors, colored dramatically different. One more like the flats with the yellow and one more of just regularly colored. Uh, yeah, how, the initial one where I colored it, where it's colored flat, that was sort of what I had said to Nikos. I was like, Nikos, do something kind of like this. And then he just sent it back regular full color. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't make it work. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try it, damn it. I'm going to give it a shot. And then uh, I liked it, but nobody else did. <laughs> so. Like a couple people were like, I vote for that. But it was like, it's, it was so clear that the other version was, was Favorite. preferred. It's like, yeah. all right, I'll, I'll go with it this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll concede defeat just this once. Yeah. And usually I just, I just do whatever the hell I want and you guys can put up with it. <laughs> every now and then people get their way. <laughs> the people have spoken especially when it's a vote thing like that it's like oh you guys voted and, and you're going to get Trump it. instead of Clinton oh well yeah no I know what that feels like and it is terrible 
the harshest example you could have used. <laughs> <laughs> An example so bad people feel like they wound up in a bad timeline. <laughs> I know you don't like cornbread, but how are this box of broken glass instead? <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of the same, right? Well, I think we said it all. What do you, you guys have anything else? Raven, you got more? Or? I feel good, dudes. I don't want to drag we it gotta, out. We got to save some for the next time. Yeah, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I, I'm just sitting here going, this, I know Danny's going to bring ring the dinner bell any second. Well, we're going to beat her this time, so, so all right. I'll have to put you through that. <laughs> But uh, as always, you always appreciate talking to you. You know, obviously, it's yeah. one of our favorite books. So to get the chance to speak to the creators is a it thrill. It was a pleasure. I was kind of, kind of like when 250 came out, I was like, how come they're not calling? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the obvious choice. But, uh, but since it was such a cliffhanger, 250 yeah. picked up on so much of it. It was like, yeah, no, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, obviously this won't air until after 251, but it just, there's, there was so much to, to go over with Paul Dragon. It was such a shock that it's, it, and I feel like with 250, you probably said a lot on that with a lot of the other podcasts that, you know, are celebrating the, the, the milestone. So, yeah, I think it would be good for us to include 251. Yeah. Plus, you don't have to play like dumb. You can just talk about what you've got so, out there. So, Eric, how did you get started in comics? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> God, that whole that whole thing, going through that over and over again. It's yeah, like, yeah. Like, So, how did the image form exactly? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Good. Really? I'll let you go with uh, I just somebody you know people come and they tell me hey you know uh, start reading Savage Dragon because you're constantly talking about it and I just got annoyed and read it finally and I love it and I had somebody tell me that had just picked up the book that they love Savage Dragon and this is a young super young reader um, and she was like I love this this is the greatest like this is the fucking best thing and the community is awesome and it's just great getting to interact with all you guys. And uh, hey, man, the Savage Dragon community does appreciate like how much of your time you put out there for us, like and interact with us and shit. It's cool. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Well, I will uh, talk to you guys later. All right. Take Thank care. Thank you, Eric. Take it easy, Eric. All right, guys. Good night. Good we night. actually we actually let him get his dinner before. Well, like we got off. Like usually he's dragged off to dinner. <laughs> That's so rare. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, this was the Savage Fincast, and you of course can always find us at savagefincast.com, where you can uh, listen and comment on all of our episodes. You can find us on YouTube if you search Savage Fincast on YouTube, and of course we're on iTunes and uh, Google Music. And our email? Oh yes, our email. It's savagefincast at gmail.com. We always like to get your uh, get your letters. We've been getting more lately. We really appreciate it. We really do, folks. Thank you so much. Like Just to know you're out there, it helps. And if we don't read your letter on the show, it's just because we didn't notice it until we were halfway through the episode and then we <laughs> forgot to do it next time. It's usually a mistake. Like, honestly, listeners, like, Jim is always right after the thing, like, ends. He's always like, 
shit, I forgot that guy's email. Oh, my God. And so, like, we do appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.